Hi, welcome back to the Louis Hunting Strategies. This is Levi. And this is Clinton Kenneth Manning the first. Uh, tonight, it's just, again, me and Levi hosting, just like last week with Colton. Yeah, Wes is a rat. Dude, this guy thinks he has to, like, work to, like, pay his bills or something. That's just so yeah, whack. Yeah, yeah, he can just, like, start one of those uh, blue website things, huh? <laughs> or he can do what you do and just do nothing all winter, you know? It's a good time. He actually did used to work for us. He just didn't like it or what? Uh, no, I don't remember what happened. It doesn't matter. But anyways, so this week we have a special guest on again, uh, Matt Herrick from Wicked Maddie's. He did the uh, Euromount episode, uh, and he has in front of us the what'd you say was the very first shed you found? No, I'd found antlers before this one, but this is the one that made me turn the corner and and start my addiction. Well, give us the give us the uh, the story behind it. Um. Okay. So back in the early two thousands, when I kind of started looking for deer antlers. I had an uncle that was big into it and uh, he'd taken me on a couple haunts and, and we'd found some antlers. I found some on, some on my own. And then I started hunting some farms close to home and, and uh, I don't know how many I found before this, this particular four point here. And it's a fairly good size four point. But after I found this antler, I was determined to match up the other side, spent the rest of the season trying to match up the other side. <clears throat> Never did. And, uh, and that was it. Then next year I was like, okay, let's go find new antlers with new pairs. And then it becomes an addiction. And pretty soon half of your shop is full of deer antlers and people asking questions and trips to Saskatchewan. And it's, it's an addiction like anything else. So I see that the G2 is broken. Did you ever score it or did you not score it because of that? Never scored it. Didn't even care. Didn't even care. I could tell you exactly what this scores right now. Okay. (laughs) You want to know? Yeah. It's going to go like 58 and 4 eighths. Do you have a tape with you to measure this? In the truck. But yeah. We should do it when we're done. It's, it'd be real close. We'll let you know on that score. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in the description. I was, you know, <laughs> one eighth off on my score or something. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you said you went to Saskatchewan? Okay. So once I got into shed hunting, um, it's kind of a coincidence, but my, my sister started dating a guy that had been to Saskatchewan shed hunting already. And, uh, that's, we started our bromance in the early two thousands as well. I don't remember exactly what year they got together, but 2010 was my first trip up to Saskatchewan. Uh, we were in, uh, East central Saskatchewan. So just South of like Hudson Bay, that area along the Manitoba border. Are you guys still romantic or? Um, yeah, we still oh. shed hunt together all the time. So. I didn't know if your sister sent him down the road or no, no, no. Were... <laughs> it, it, it's actually what it was his, uh, it was his gateway into the family. Actually, when he showed up loving deer, like the rest of the family did, he was, he was a shoe in. So just immediately just accepted with hugs and yeah, love. Yeah. When, when Matt met him and doing it, there's Matt actually pulled the ring out. And was like, <laughs> <laughs> you can marry my sister. So the first time he came, I believe it was a family dinner or something. Uh, he came to my parents' house, and I had just killed my my sixteen point non typical deer with a bow that that season or the season before, or whatever. And, and uh, I started talking about it. And by the end of the night, we had to go up to my house and show him the deer. And he gets out. I think he even had it in his truck. He had a photo album of deer antlers that he had found. I mean, we he it it took off. That's where we were. And and we've done a ton of hunting together. Uh, since since we met, it does sound weird that, that we're that close. Have, but you, anyway. have you spent more time with him than your sister has? No, they got four kids, and, oh. and Bill and oh. I don't have any. So <laughs> <laughs> they definitely spent more time together. Um, <laughs> that was but, pretty uh, good. He, he absolutely uh, 
help fire my passion for it. And then when you start hunting uh, other antlers besides whitetails, like you get into moose paddles and you get into elk, I mean, it, the sky's the limit what you're going to find up there. So it you just you don't know what's going to around the next corner. Uh, one thing about our trip up there, <clears throat> as opposed to hunting here in Iowa, is um, if you don't get there soon enough, somebody else will or the squirrels will. Uh, up north, um, it, there's ground that I don't know if anyone's ever walked on before. It seems like you're out in the middle of nowhere. It seems like the last frontier up there. And their squirrels do not chew. they got little pine squirrels up there, but they do not eat antlers. So most of your antlers are, if anything, they get white and chalky, but that's it. Otherwise, they sink back into the earth. Like They just... They just disappear, and we found some. We dug some. I had a found a moose paddle with a fern growing up through the middle of it. Like it, it got soggy in the middle, and the the flower was, plant was actually growing through the antler. So that is neat. so cool. Tell me you have a picture. I do. We oh, have pictures. That, that's so awesome. I'll have to see that sometime. We'll get. I'll have to get my photo album out for you, and and and, and you'll have to check it out. It's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, you just never know what you're gonna find shed hunting, and it can be. The big thing about it is it can be for your whole family. It can be for, you know, just you if you want to get away. Um, you know, you can take your little kids. You can take your whoever wants to go. It doesn't matter. And then once you get someone hooked on it, like I worked with a gentleman. Uh, he asked me, he goes, what are you doing on this weekend? And I said, I'm going I'm going to look for deer antlers. And he kind of laughed. And he thought it was kind of interesting. And uh, there was a small piece of timber behind the place where I was working. And he goes, I'm going to go out and look for deer antlers one day at lunchtime. He said this, he's retired now, but he came back with a little four-point antler, and the guy's so excited, like super excited. He had never found one before in his life, and, and um, to this day, he still shed hunts. I think he's in his 70s now. He still shed hunts, and he still brings them in uh, where I work and shows me everything he finds all the time. And this guy's never hunted a day in his life, but now he loves shed hunting, and he goes every year. So you just never know what's going to happen. I love that he gets out there still. That's yeah. That's something. I mean, that's just like me. I feel like I'm gonna do that till the day I croak over. Like I think it'd, it'd only be right if I die while shed hunting. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> but that excitement you're saying, like, I get that still every antler I find, and that's just something that I really love about shed hunting. I don't know if you're the same way or. One thing about shed hunting, if you're with with people, so you're with people that maybe you shed hunt with all the time, or or maybe it's the first time you shed hunted with them. It's a competition, you know, like you get out there and you're like, okay, you might take a different trail or whatever, but you can see some of the things I can see and I can see some of the places you can see. And we call that shed poaching. So if you look in someone else's line and get an antler, that's, that's shed poaching. It's kind of a no, no, but you know what? It happens and, uh, it'll continue to happen. So, (laughs) so all in good fun, of course. I just grabbed this little three point. I just found this last Sunday. I took my buddy Jake for his first time ever and we would hit some public. And uh, I was in this cornfield, and he was walking this cut trail on this public. And uh, I the trail in the cornfield went, so I just, like, took a, a straight line across it to where we were going. And right as I walk on that trail, it's sitting right off of that, right where I walk. So I, I poached that one hard. Um, <clears throat> the biggest one I ever poached was a 70-inch six-point side. Uh, my buddy Matt that I got into shed hunting, he, uh, he's going to hear this, too, and he's going to love this. So the day before, I actually found it was a 70-inch side that ended up being the match, but this is 300 yards away, and he was walking one trail. I was in the bottom. My trail ran right up to his, and I looked back, and I said, hey, Matt, I'm stealing your trail. I take five steps, and I see this 70-inch six-point sitting there, and he was a little upset right away, but then when it was a match, he was at least happy that I had that match. But like you said, I mean, he's poached plenty from me. It goes around. 
Uh, I was on a shed hunt uh, up in northern Iowa with uh, with my brother in law as well, and uh, we uh, we got a new a new property to hunt. <clears throat> And so we're hunting this new ditch and we had gotten into a few antlers and we got in between this great big timber and the farmer's silage bags. And there was like one jaw in there and it was all grown over, uh, almost looked like set aside type of thing it was grown over pasture is what it was. And we get in there and there are deer beds everywhere and match set, match set, match set, match set. We got, I think we took six match sets out of that one little tiny draw. And the last match set we found, we found some singles in there as well. But as I'm walking down, I, I felt bad because I had like three of the match sets. And I told them, I said, I tell you what, you switch lines. I'm going to go up on the fence. You stay down here on the timber. And we didn't switch for 30 seconds, start walking again. And he hits this huge eight-point, this huge four-point match set. Like it was an eight-pointer. Uh, both sides laying on top of each other, gigantic. I'm like... You gotta be kidding me. That's I gave up for switching lines because I felt bad. So enough of that. I don't do that anymore. So speaking of an eight pointer, <clears throat> we were talking about it upstairs. I had an eight pointer drop its uh, antlers right in front of me the one year. Mind you, when do you guys say that antlers usually start dropping? What about beginning of February? You get some that are in January, but I say most of your deer shed like the first two weeks of February. So that's what I see. This was second season shotgun hunting. It was really cold. It was a lot of snow that year. So I'm sure that, you know, that had to play a, fi- a big factor in it, right? Stress will, I think stress will will, uh, will help them release. Basically what that deer is doing is re- losing its testosterone. So sometimes the body says, hey, you need this elsewhere. And it, it cuts that off to those antlers. Okay. Like if you get a sick deer, you get something with a bullet hole in it or something, he's really struggling. When he gets weak, the first thing he's going to do is get rid of extra baggage. So <clears throat> what happened was, is we were driving the timber. We're shotgun hunting in Iowa. You can drive timber with a group. And uh, he was coming up the draw and he turned to come out and hit an open field and really get the speed going. Well, when he turned, my cousin unloaded on him, shot five times. I watched it the whole way. It was pretty funny, honestly, to just watch him miss continuously. I don't even know if that guy ever got a deer. But anyways, it doesn't matter. So he come up out of that. Uh... <coughs> Dang, you all right? I'm going to make it. Okay. So he came up out of that finger and he ran basically dead straight at me and I'm not going to shoot cause my cousin's down there and there's buildings. So as he's coming towards me and I'm turning with the deer, a ridge and then trucks and then a house and then another ridge. So I couldn't shoot at all. So I just watched his deer the whole way and he went and jumped over a fence, dropped one side on, on this side of the fence, dropped the other side on that side of the fence. And then he ran up over the ridge and got away and I walked down and picked him up. I still got him. This is that's the set you have at your house, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was like 120 inch eight point, but like just super cool. I think I scored it when I was there. Yeah. 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 I think it was scored 127 and whatever eights. That's better than I remember. I didn't remember nothing. That's a good story because there's not a lot of people that can say they watch an antler fall off of a deer. Very few well, people see that. And think that was like, let's just say it was December 16th, roughly. I mean, that was pretty early in the winter, isn't it? Yeah. And with trail cameras now, you know, obviously. A lot of people now you'll catch a lot of that on video or whatever you'll see a lot more of that but which is cool um to, to see it on video as well but um and that's another thing about shed hunting now with with trail cameras is people are always watching you know their cameras like oh big eight dropped his right side or you know 
super chocolate drop both sides. Now we gotta go looking for them. You know, everyone's got their deer names and and they know when their deer dropped and and that's what makes it fun. You know, that's what like I said when you're when you're looking locally for the deer that you bow hunted or shotgun hunted or muzzle loaded, uh, you were looking for them and and you didn't get them. You get to see how big they actually are if they made it through the winter or whatever the case is too. So great way to get out in February. So I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when I came and picked up my Euro mount, well, both my Euro mounts from you, my beaver and my deer that I got this year, uh, we were looking at that one rack that you had there that was super, super dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Remember which one yep, I'm talking yep, about now? Yep, yep I do. What did you say caused that again? It, it's what they're rubbing their antlers on. That particular deer just had such a super dark stain to them. It was pretty impressive, really. But I mean, we, that thing like, damn near looked like those cabinets. Yeah, it, it was, was that dark. It was dark. It was, it's super dark. And like when they get into something that has a lot of sap in it to, to cause them to be extra dirty. So like I know sumac will make like a dark antler a lot of times if you got a deer that's hanging around a lot of sumac or, or even cedar maybe possibly. But um, yeah, it, it's crazy how dark they can get, how dirty they can get. And, and that was a neat set. I really like that, that rack. Yeah, like you were saying with uh, people on trail cams uh, seeing deer shed, I actually have a video of a deer shedding his antler. It was like January 12th or something, and it was a little late point, and then this guy only had the one side left, and right on camera, they just touch their antlers, and they tickle it, and then they go out of frame, and you can see the one antler fall right back into frame right on the ground. <laughs> I just I think that's wild. And, and speaking about dropping them, dropping them late, so you'll see a deer hang into maybe the end of March or even into April. I've seen some guys post some stuff, and their antlers just look ridiculously white, almost like they were painted white on top of there, uh, just from the sun bleaching them out. I don't know what it is, but it's crazy how, how some will lose them end of December, early January, and some will hold on and, and keep them even longer, maybe even to April. Yeah, last year I was walk, uh, walking a county park into April. Uh, it was like April 1st or 2nd, and there was this little year-and-a-half-year-old buck had both sides still on. And I just, I couldn't believe it watching him walk away. And I know one of the park rangers, and I told him, he's like, are you kidding? And I was like, I'm not kidding. Like, I saw this thing 40 yards from me walking with all of his headgear on. That's just, they, sometimes they hold on to them longer, like you said. Yeah, that, that, turkey hunting. I always think of spring turkey hunting. You know, you'll see guys, they'll be out turkey hunting. Oh, hey, bonus, I found a deer antler, you know. Like, that's a good time where the, if, Hopefully the squirrels don't have them chewed to pieces yet, but but they get a hold of them, and, and a lot of guys will find some nice ones that way. Wasn't it last year that we had kind of a weird winter and a lot of the deer held onto their antlers for quite a long time? Um, I don't know if I noticed that so much. I, I don't know if – I mean, like I said, it depends on the area and, and your deer. Some people claim that, uh, you know – the amount of does and young does or different age does in your area might might keep that buck uh, to keep his ter- testosterone longer or have a higher level of testosterone to to hold on to those antlers longer. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Something I heard makes sense, I suppose. But it does make sense, yeah. So actually, I'm going to ask you a question, Levi. You probably weren't ready for this. No, you have that. Uh, is it a six point shed? Oh, the the house? fence, the fence one, the. The picket fence one you yeah. talk. So what's the story on that? I actually forget that story. I'd like to hear it. Oh, man. Honestly, I... <laughs> way to put me on blast. I don't remember where the hell I found that at, to be honest with you. Being all, all honestly, I, I just... Is it gigantic or what? It's a 60-some inch side, almost a 70-inch side. Hmm. That's disappointing. 
you come across some big rib cage, you don't know where you found it. Mm-mm. We're we're sh- well. It was around here. We're ashamed to be right now. Now we could we could pull these off and beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> you better be you better be packing a lunch, boys. Oh, here uh, we go. I'm sorry that I don't remember people, but I at the time I didn't really think nothing of it. I can go through most of my collection and tell you where a lot of mine came from. Um, there's probably some regulars that I I wouldn't remember anymore, obviously, but. Like good match sets, you always remember good match sets, you know. Oh, big singles or hangers, if you ever got a hanger. One that's either stuck in the fence, bushes, tree, anything off the ground is considered a hanger. I've only got two hangers my whole life. First one I found up in Saskatchewan. Second one I just found a couple years ago on the neighbors. So they're not they're not really super common, but they're fun. Yeah, I've only ever found one hanger, and it's just like that antler I found tonight, actually, just a little tiny two-point, and I swear it was like this far off the ground. But I got down, I looked, and I was like, yep, that's a hanger. We're going to need, <laughs> need photographic evidence. I, of I will pull that up. You guys run this. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> I should have known. Well, of course I do. I, I have proof. Th- prove it. everything to me. <laughs> so, if we're going to be the ones running this right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be talking about no ducks. Don't worry. Uh, so Clinton and I, right before this episode, decided that we were going to go to my parents' house and do a little shed hunting. And uh, it's actually not my first time shed hunting. Uh, I went a couple times last year, but I never really looked. I mean, you never found any. No, I had. I found that picket fence one, and then. I kind of want to see this. He's got the picture. Oh, it is. It is like it counts, and it's just like the one inch off the ground. Yeah, I got down to check though, but it, it's legit. It's technically it's legit. The uh, actually, it's a little. If I'll do a little side story quick, when I found that, I was on the phone with my buddy. I was walking it with because his car alarm started going off. So I was calling him like, "Hey, your car alarm is going off." And I walked by this antler once, and I turned around to like look where the car was, and it just is sitting right behind me. So it's another one you walk right past. And just get lucky and find it. It happens. So <clears throat> to go back to the story I was telling, though, uh, Clinton and I, literally, what did we get? I think it was 20 minutes into the walk. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, right around there. And uh, like I said, it's not my first time ever shed hunting, but it's in in the single digits wise. But it, it was just exciting to see you find one. And, I mean, he was elated, even though it's a, I mean... It's like, oh, man, that thing's probably like a 70-inch side, wouldn't you say? Se- Seven-inch side? <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm going to explain it here to the people. So uh, so right here, this is the main beam. That's probably, what, nine inches long? Yeah. And yes. uh, that's about a two and three-eighths G2, I'm going to call it, because it doesn't even have a G1. So this is not woman math. This is, this is woman math for the nine inches, not man math for nine inches, by the way. Yeah. This is nine inches for us. Yes. This yes. is nine inches. for the <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was actually super cool. We'll tell that story quick. I mean, I just did. Yeah. Not good enough. You well, know, fine. There's so much and... detail in a shed hunt. Matt would know this. this is... Here we were looking at my parents' house, you know, walking through all these deer beds. And I mean, there was a lot of tracks in there though. Okay, I'm gonna run this from the top. So, Draw us in, Clinton. Draw yeah, us in and get exactly. me interested in it. You need it. to learn how to tell a story. How, do you, how are you on a podcast? You don't know to tell a story. I can tell stories, but it's like mushroom hunting for me, except way better. Except you don't find a hundred of them after you find one. Sometimes well, you do, like he said. The, how many match sets y'all found you, that one spot? You can get into a mess when you get into a honey hole. That 
that feeling. Like I was, uh, do I have time to jump into a little yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Do it. I was, I was hunting a neighbor's farm, not too far from where I live. I had first time permission. I had been watching, uh, heard a deer there for a good part of the winter and got permission on it. And I, I walked up through these, I was walking over these kind of rolling alfalfa hills and I came into a big deep grass holler that couldn't be seen from the road and it couldn't be seen from the farm. And oh, oh whammy, there was antlers everywhere. I just stopped in my tracks. I called my brother-in-law. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, I'm looking at seven antlers right now, seven that I can see two match sets and then three singles laying in this grass holler where the deer had just shredded it. They were blocked probably out of the wind a little bit, I imagine. And then off the gravel road, couldn't see the farm. Like nobody could see them from where they were at. And it's like, that feeling is like, Oh my God, you know, like, Oh shit. <laughs> and that's what keeps you going back. You, you find something like that once and you're like, Oh, potentially the next farm could have it or potentially this timber could have it or you just never know what you're going to find. And that's, that's what's great about shed hunting. Yeah, I, I've never had where I found seven at one time. Uh, but me and my buddy Ty, we've had it twice where we found three like together. Like we'll find one and we'll start our video. And next thing you know, oh, there's one, oh, there's another one all from one spot. My first actually uh, shed I found in the ice, like in the water, but the ice is over. Uh, he had found two antlers and I was, he was coming over. I was, I was coming over to video him and I was like, you talking about that one? And he's like, mine are right here. I was like, well, there's one right there too. And I was Super. I got a picture of that too, in case you want. Well, <laughs> I have a picture of one that you you blow your mind as well, and it's it was it was in Saskatchewan. We were getting right across the stream, and one of the guys we were hunting with said, "That looks like a moose paddle under the water." In like four feet of water was this giant stand up moose paddle in the water, like it was. It was awesome. So he had to get a little wet. He had to I was get just about to ask, did he scuba dive? Yeah, we got down and got it. I, I think it was in about four feet of water, but the 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 current there was no current you know very little current there and you could just see this thing just sitting there and you're like what in the world there is an antler sitting under the water and it was it was from that season yet so it was you know it was preserved yet it, it was awesome it was i do have pictures that you guys will appreciate that too so that totally reminds me i got a buddy i haven't talked to him actually in a while but uh sean swanson his name super cool name uh his dad was in alaska they were on a fishing trip in the early spring and they were in a canoe and you know how clear the waters are up that way and uh, he looked down and found a moose paddle, but it was all green. And so he, it was like over 10 foot of water. He had to go in super cold water. He swam all the way down. He pulled that thing up and he scrubbed that whole thing all the way white. And uh, his boy brought it over to me and showed me. I was off like a 65 inch bowl. That's crazy. That, that, but yeah, you let them dry out. You can clean them up nice. There's a lot of ways to clean them up. Um, and that's one thing we don't get around. You don't get a lot of white chalky antlers around here. You know, once in a while you'll find some in the 10 year fields, but if they're anywhere near a timber, it seems like our our tree rats do a good job of, of beating us to them. I have a personal vendetta about squirrels. I probably talked about how much I hate squirrels. Two reasons, because when you're sitting in a tree stand, all they do is bother you, make a noise. You think they're deer. I don't know if you experienced that with mm -hmm. your two times hunting. Um, <laughs> but then they chew on antlers, just like this one today. Like this, I mean, it's been out there, you know, two weeks maybe. So I got some blood on the base, and yet there's squirrel chew marks on every single side of the base here. It's just the damn travesty is what it is. Excuse me. I hunt a lot, and they get me every <laughs> single time. Even, man. Sorry. His phone went off. Should have had that thing on airplane mode. Just like we did. It's all right. Anyways, uh, no, I, I get it. Squirrels, they're a nuisance in the timber. My parents have a lot of them in there. So I ain't going to lie to you. I bet you every single shed we go, like when we go back there and, and look again once all the snow is gone, I bet there's going to be a bunch of them chewed on. 
We should have taken my truck. I had the 410. We could have just been blasting everything we saw, too. <laughs> Wait, you don't think I cruise around with a gun on me? Yeah, but you probably don't have a 410. Nah. You probably got something that's one bullet at a time. You got to spread out. 22s, man. You got a 22 pistol. I killed a lot of squirrels with that thing. If you got one running in a tree, I'm shooting at a running squirrel. I don't think you would, though. No, no, no. I don't shoot at running squirrels. You need an over and under. You miss with the 22, you finish up with the 410. My dad's got one of them. Those are awesome, awesome Great guns. guns. My dad had one for a while. I don't know if he still has it or not. Your Great dad doesn't guns. get rid of guns. He's no, he it. does. He sells them. <laughs> he does. We're, we're, but we're not going to talk about that on here. We're not talking about his guns at he, all. He's only got like two. Yeah, literally. He has two. And it's the over-under. <laughs> yeah, one's the 22, one's the 410. One's the top, one's the bottom. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I like the way you think. Uh, yeah, competition hunting. Um, uh, we, we touched on this earlier, talking about going out with friends and that. My brother and I were hunting. Uh, one of the best farms I had, I've, I since lost it, um, changed hands, whatever, but uh, going along, and I was having one hell of a day. I think I, I, think I had two match sets, maybe three match sets, and a, and a single or two. And my brother, he's getting mad. You know, he's to the point where he's like, oh, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? Well, this whole day we're going and going and going. And I got a handful of antlers. He has nothing. And we come down to the last stretch before the truck. We're coming down through some cedars. And he he just, like God put it there for him, was a great big 74-inch five-point side just sitting there shining in the sun underneath the cedar tree. Like, oh, my God. I would have traded all my junk that I found that day for that antler. But... It's sitting in his garage now, uh, up on the shelf, and he's proud of it. And I wish I could have been, but I'm not sore about it. I'm over it. Well, you seem pretty salty yet. No, it's it's no. I'm I'm healing well from it, so I'll, I'll be fine. It's only been ten years. He's still working. I was gonna it. say he, better, he's a, he's at the therapist. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care. I think I it's care. been about ten years. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I haven't had any like big ones I've stolen from people or big ones stolen from me, but I seem to find a lot of antlers. Like when, for some reason we're walking like side by side each other, my biggest antler is like a 72 inch side. And I was walking with a person on either side of me and it's just like, it was in CRP and I just see, saw the beam sitting there. I'm like, Oh shit, there's an antler right there. And then we all go over to it. Oh, so sweet. Finding one and then calling your friends over and be like, ah, find the antler I just found. And they're all looking, they're like, how far? I'm like, ah. You find it, you know, 20 yards, 30 yards, might be 100 yards. You don't know. Like, you find it. <laughs> That's a fun game to play, too. I probably should have done that with Levi so he could get his eyes trained. But when I, it, I already seen it before you asked me if I seen it. Oh, he's going to be one of these guys. No, I did. I did. I Well, I came, <laughs> I came from the top. I came from the top, and he came from the bottom. So when I came from the top, there was a stick in the way. And then, like, right as I kind of, like, rounded over, he's like, do you see it? And it was like, right as he was saying, do you see it, I, I was looking at it. I was also two feet from it, so he yeah, did see yeah, it. Yeah. And you guys do know the rules on on finding like nice shed antlers. If if the first person to find that shed antler, he's the owner of the match set. So if, if, oh, if Clinton yeah. finds a big antler and then you go find the other side of it, it's a gentleman's agreement. I mean it's not the law. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. So I actually like to break that rule. If I find the first side, if someone else finds the other side, a lot of times I'll let them keep it. Just, okay. Well that's it's awesome. a, just a personal thing, but like okay. I know most people I shed hunt with, like if you found the first side, you wanted the other side. Like I'm, it, it hurts me a little. But you, you can shed hunt with me anytime. Then I like that. I rule. <laughs> We've talked about shed hunt. We're going to. We'll we'll get out for a stomp yet this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Let's see, Saturday and Sunday. And are we doing something Friday? If we're not doing something Friday, I'll probably go out Friday. I'm free Friday. 
I'm actually, uh, so I did really enjoy shed hunting today. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a really good time. I'm thinking tomorrow, I know oh, I'm going to be in the woods. I shouldn't listen to music. I might turn a little music on. I'm going to go do my taxes tomorrow. So I'm going to go walk around for a couple hours. I'm going to wake up, go work out, and I'm going to go walk around a little bit on uh, a private place that nobody else can go on. Likes to be so, like, what, what is that word? I don't know. There's chances. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. People it's, can go. It's there. still early. Remember, it's still early. So you don't want to bust out your best I spots. I was just looking. We walked, I guess I walked 2.8 miles tonight. Did we really? Just, that's, well, that's what I walked. I don't know what you did. You could be different. We could take different steps, of course. Different strides. Yeah, yeah. But that. I I'm think, a little juicier. So like every step I take bounces an extra little bit. Yeah, it must. <laughs> juicier. I don't know if you know what that means. <laughs> Fat. Yeah, I think I have about 13 and a half miles in the year already. Oh, yeah? And I have two and a half antlers to show for I it. I have zero. Zero hunts. Zero stops so far this year. But really? This weekend. I think this weekend will be a good one to get out. Snow's getting down there now. Um, you know, I think it'll be, I think now's good. Where are we at? We're at the end of January. It's early. It's, it's way it's early. It's the 31st. Yet. It's way early. Yeah, yeah, it's literally the 31st, yeah. I normally find most of my antlers in March. That's when I go walk yeah. all my good stuff. You can, you could bounce your deer yet. Like if you have a nice deer that's hiding out in a spot and he's comfortable. I mean, if you go stomping through there once or twice or three times, I think you could, you could bump him. He might not be comfortable hanging out there anymore. All right. Either. Sounds like I'm going to public land tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> I want to find those sheds off that big one. Yeah. That's, so that's the whole reason. Like I, I think I was telling you and I told Matt upstairs, like I don't walk any of my stuff, like my good private stuff till last weekend of February. And I don't think it necessarily hurts to walk at once. I mean, maybe you wait till the first or second week in February and take one walk through there. I mean, one walk I don't think is gonna is gonna ruin everything for it. But if you're like in there every weekend with the four wheeler, the side by side, and making noise, and yeah, I think that's a good way to maybe make them nervous and get them to jump over the hill. Yeah, I, I get a little paranoid about it. I figure just let them all drop. You know, I do have a lot of squirrels, but all the antlers I found have only been like nicked a little bit, except one was completely chewed through. But that was a year old one. Sure. Um, but then also I go with my buddy Matt the first weekend of March and my buddy Ty the second weekend of March. So we all save our good stuff for the weekends that we're with each other. That's so a it, good idea. Yeah. Very good just, idea. Then we find a lot of antlers and my buddy Ty, he's just got just incredible land locked up. Like last year we had our worst year ever. We didn't even find like 15 in our three days. But the year before that we found 40 in three days. The year before that was another 44 or something. And that year with 44, I think I found 26 in three days of those. Those are good numbers. That's that's a lot of antlers. It takes a long time. I mean, you got to put a lot of miles in to find to find a lot of deer antlers. That's uh, you know you see gator outdoors and their miles for piles, and that is absolutely the truth. Like you have to walk. It takes a lot. Um, on our trips up to uh, Saskatchewan, we did keep track, and we average between thirteen and fourteen miles a day usually. Um, fairly easy walking up there for the most part. Their bush is kind of flat, uh, sandy, kind of swampy, different areas, but no giant hills really. So it wasn't hard to do. It was fairly easy, easy to walk it. Do you know what your single most miles walked in one day is? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a lot. Yeah, my most was uh, two years ago in Wyoming. I walked 18.9 miles. <laughs> that's a good day. And uh, between me and Timmy, we found one antler. Huh. Ouch. <laughs> it was, it, we got a really bad snowstorm the two days before. And so this was a fresh elk drop that I think I've shown you the picture where the tines were in the snow and the base was sticking mm, up. It yeah, was like yeah, yeah. a two day old brown, <clears> but <throat> that's, we went where the elk were supposed to be. And other than the snow cover and everything, that was the only one we found, but it made, you know, that 19 miles worth <laughs> it every time. I walked, 
I walked 27 and a half miles one time with a rucksack on, and it wasn't for deer antlers. <laughs> Sounds like it was for Uncle Sam, maybe. It was. It was. It was a good time, let me tell you. Thank you for your service. Yeah, you don't have to thank yes. me. Thank my thank recruiter. <laughs> he was the one that talked me into it. Oh, you poor bastard. I liked it. You lived. Yeah, I didn't actually ever go overseas, though. It, it made you the man you are today. That's not saying much. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Shot a lot of machine guns, though. Ooh, God dang, I miss that. But it's if you ever get a cool. chance, I don't care. If you got to pay $100, you got to pay $1,000, and you get a chance to shoot a Ma Deuce, I know I'm getting away from the sheds right now, do it. I don't care. I hope you get to shoot 1,000 rounds, 2,000 rounds. Do it. It is a beautiful feeling. You ever heard? No, nah, I'm not going to go there. But I was going to say, you ever heard of a, a fr- I'll put it nicely, a freedom hard on? Because that's what'll get it. It is beautiful. Every time I shot that thing, just. Were you afraid to say the word boner? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it on here. I just did. All right, yeah, you get a point. Yeah, freedom boner. Okay. It is It is a beautiful feeling. You hit that butterfly switch and just. And it's all. Oh, it gets me excited just thinking about it. It sounds cool, but it doesn't sound as cool as finding one of these. I'll just be honest. Can you move me to the other side of the room? <laughs> don't worry. I don't bite. <laughs> I don't know if you have to. You're gonna be poking it with your freedom. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the sheds. When you were up in Saskatchewan, you got any uh, stories that stand out to you? Anything that just was wild, other than that four foot deep? Uh, yeah, you know what? The first time, my first trip up there. So there, four of us went up there. There was four guys, and we had a guide. Um, the guide used to do it professionally. Um, my brother-in-law had met him years ago and had gone up there a few times with him. Uh, after we went up in 2010, uh, he just took us out for funsies. He's like, we're just going to go out. We'll, I'll take you through some good areas. You know, we'll try and find some, some what's going on. And my whole time I was afraid of bears. I'm thinking I'd never been around. I've never been anywhere. You know, I've, I'd hunted Iowa and that was it. And we don't have a gun. You don't have a knife. You have nothing. So you get, if you can, Pick up the biggest stick you can find. Get out of here. You're not walking around them woods up there, the big boy woods up there with a pistol pack? Nothing. What? Zero. I know. (laughs) Your only defense is the antlers you find. Yes. (laughs) Nothing. Is that like a law or something? Yeah, you can't have a handgun in in Canada, not in Saskatchewan. And and there's no season open that you'd be carrying a rifle around. So, yeah. You can't have protection? I couldn't take a knife with me because you can't get across the border with anything other than maybe a pocket knife so nothing that's why my next death story i'm getting to is so scary so just hang on so we get out on our first our first walk the first day and it's windy it's super windy out and uh we kind of we held a line there was four of us five of us technically our guide was with us he was in the bush with uh the other three guys and i had to walk across this flax field uh canola field i don't remember what it was but it was it was a bear field basically and I'm staying kind of close, the edge of the timber, bush, they call it the bush up there. Um, then there's a lot of logging going on up there. They're always cutting down trees. They're always bulldozing. Um, so the area we're in has like a lot of small aspens, like maybe 8 to 10 foot aspens, something like that. And it's super windy out. So I can hear the guys yelling back and forth, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't really hear what they were saying. And and I'm, I'm watching, and all of a sudden I see... I could see where the guys were, and out in front of the guys, about 50 yards, 
I could just see these aspens start to like slap back and forth. And like, I'm like, what, what's that now? You know, and that they were really, and it was getting closer and closer to me. I could tell something was coming out of this bush and I'm like, it's going to be a bear and it's going to, it's going to kill me. I'm going to be in the <laughs> wide open. It's going to have cubs. It's going to kill me. And, uh, here, once I see it, it's this giant, giant moose. Like this moose comes flying out of these aspens and it's as tall as the aspens. And it comes straight out towards me and it, it passes in front of me probably, I want to say about 40 or 50 yards. It felt like four or five feet, but this, this gigantic, and I got nothing. I got my hands up in the air and I'm yelling at it. I'm like, just don't get away. And uh, it goes flying by. It wanted, it wanted nothing to do with me. It wanted to get out of Dodge. And uh, I walked up to it. I'm still shaking. I walk up to the footprints, you know, the, that this thing left and, and it's, they're bigger than my hand. They're like bigger than a, bigger than a bull around here. You know, it's just. It was just crazy, and I'm like, the guys, when, when we had met up a little bit closer, a couple of the guys had seen this thing, and they're like, how close were you to it? And I'm like, I could have thrown a rock at it, and I was scared to death. It was uh, a cow moose with her with her young ones up there is one of the most dangerous things. You don't want to mess with it. And, and our guide told us that, because when I told him I was afraid of bears, he laughed at me. He goes, you know, that's just a giant raccoon, right? Well, I didn't look at it that way, but he did. Uh, it's just so, a yeah, giant that was, raccoon. That was one of my one of my first fond, and then once once that happened, and I realized that I might not die up there, then then the rest of the the rest of the hunts and the rest of the the week up there were fantastic. So one one story that stuck in my head for sure. I'll be honest, any sheds worth dying for. So if you had to go up there, and, you know, and you found some sheds and had to die for it, I mean, that's that's God's work right there. I mean, you did say you'd see yourself dying while shed hunting. We did cross some pretty sketchy beaver dams. There was some pretty sketchy stuff up there. But nice thing about about uh, that area too is, like I said, you're finding moose paddles, you're finding elk, you know, something else, mule deer. They got they do have a small population of mule deer in that area where we particularly were. And then uh, I was going to ask you, did you find any mule deer? Antlers? Yeah, I have one nice set of mule deer antlers that I have. Um, is it a full set or is yeah, it? It's oh. a match set. Yeah, okay. match set. Um, and then everything else is primarily. Um, I never did find a good elk up there um uh i take that back i did i do have one good elk shed um but uh the moose paddles are are pretty awesome to find because they're more down in the farmland down the farm country so you get into these smaller areas you might be walking around the edges of fields uh and nothing stops these like fences they just walk over top of barbed wire fences you know it's like they don't even, they don't jump. Like our deer have to jump over a fence. Well, these moose, they just take a step and they're over top of it. So they just like cruise through everywhere. So they might just drop a moose paddle wherever they want. Stupid question. Is it kind of like up in uh, South Dakota when I was in the Black Hills? Like there was private land, but it was very few and far and in between. But the rest of it was just, you can walk wherever, like you can cross fences, you can do whatever unless it is posted otherwise. Exactly right. So there's a ton of what they call provincial forest, um, which for us would be like public ground. Um, and then there, anything that was private. Now this law has changed since we were up there. Uh, it used to be if it wasn't posted up there, you could walk it. You could jump out of your truck and you could hunt it. Like if you were local, you could just jump out and hunt there if it wasn't posted. Um, that has since changed. So we had a lot, I mean... We could have we could have spent months up there shed hunting. We had we had three or four days usually is what our time limit was up there. But yeah, and our guide knew kind of where uh, different animals had been hanging out, so he kind of kept kept that in his mind. And and he was a huge shed hunter himself. He had a he has a very impressive collection. So uh, when we weren't shed hunting, we were 
sitting in his garage having a few Canadian beers and talking about where'd you get this one, where'd you get that one, and stories about the locals and and uh, the Indians up there and things like that. So it was it was a lot of fun, very fun trip trips, I should say. I want you to tell us a story about your biggest antler you've ever found, if you can recall that one. Yeah, my biggest. I remember exactly where it was. It was my first trip up there um, to Canada. Actually, is where I found my biggest whitetail, and it's a seventy-two inch five point. It's dark chocolate. It's awesome. Um, and we actually combed that area for hours after I found that one, trying to find a match set. We walked it about four different directions. Um, the four of us did. What was neat about that is every time we walked this certain area, we found another antler, and we found another antler, and we found another antler. It was never my antler. It was never the match to the one I found. But I was walking along. I pe- Up there, you look under every single cedar tree. There's not a ton of them, um, pine or cedar, whatever. When you're out in these aspens, you see a cedar tree, you run to it because they're going to be a, they're going to hide out underneath them. Um, and I had happened to walk past this certain cedar tree, and I stopped, and I'm kind of looking around, and I turned back. I actually had to turn around and look where I came from, and there it was. It's like, ah, you almost missed me, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I started yelling and hollering, and the guys could hear me. They came running over, and we had some photo ops. And uh, to, needless to say, I was on cloud nine. Um, our guide did not go with us on that hunt. So when we came back out to the truck, I'm like, I felt like a, like a little first grader. I'm like, hey, look what I got, look what I got. And I'm yelling and hollering, and he's like, damn, that's a good one, you know. And I'm just like, I, I felt like a little kid. And that's what shed hunting does to you. You, you find a good one, and you keep coming back. Similar to golf, you go out, you go golfing, you have one good shot, you have, you know, you have a big putt or something, you're like, oh, I'm I'm a pretty good golfer, come back to <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, me, 12 beers in, I have one good drive, I'm like, yeah, let's do it again! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking like John Daly over there. That's what keeps you coming back. John Daly wishes he was this luscious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Juicy. <laughs> Juicy. Juicy. <laughs> so that actually surprised me, your biggest white tail is only 72. That's it. So yeah. that's, that's what my biggest is as well. Like, and we live in a good part of Iowa. Yeah, a know. lot of people that, when I tell them I take shed hunting seriously, they're like, that's all the bigger you have. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I found, I have over 200 some antlers, whitetail antlers I've found in 70. I have like four or five in the seventies. Yeah. It's, that's my biggest one. I don't have anything bigger. Um, I have some bigger antlers on display at home that I've acquired, you know, whether I bought them or traded them or whatever the fact is, but just because I had to have them. But, uh, no, that's my my personal best is, is 72. You know Clinton ain't going to find nothing bigger than 72 at his farm. That's correct. They're the only deer are about this size here. Yeah, that was a little bit of a low blow. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I want that to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should tell them about the uh, excursion we had the other day. Oh, going out to my farm? Yeah. L- I'm good with it. Let's do it. Can we? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll tell it from my perspective. So I don't. I'm not much of a deer guy. We took food out to my farm. Let's premise yeah. it with that. I'm not. I'm not a deer guy. I'm yet. I like well, no. I like things that fly. I do enjoy shed hunting though. From what I've already done, I like I said, I've been a few times. It is very enjoyable. Um, but anyway, so we had to take nine bales out there between four of us, and three bags of corn. Okay, I should say three of us. Brittany did a lot. She actually did well. Yeah, she did. She was a trooper, but. There was there was four guys and Brittany. There was five of us. We're walking. We're walking oh, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Tyler. Yeah, and and t- there's it's probably what a mile. No, it's actually only half about mile? two thirds of a mile. Yeah, 
I was going to say, it's like mile, half mile, something like that. I couldn't remember. Yeah, from the road to my farm, it's about two-thirds yeah. of a mile. But when you're pushing nine bales and three bags of corn on a, on a sked, it's not the most enjoyable thing through what, like a foot and a half of snow? Well, it depended where we were. In the cornfield, there was two and a half. And then on the flats where it all drifted off, there was only a foot. Yeah, and we had these like loaded up wrong. We had all the hay towards the front instead of towards the back. And we were we were pushing a lot of snow. We pushed a lot. You had them in sleds? Just one, one sled. sled. One, one sled. sled. Nine, nine bales stacked up on one sled. And Plus the three, the bags, three of bags of corn in the bottom. <laughs> so I wanted to do this in two trips, right? But Levi's over here. I ain't no two-trip bitch. You know, when, like, not. when you get the groceries from Walmart, you can't take more than one trip. So that's what he was thinking. I'm glad that we did it that way because that walk back was pretty miserable. It got really windy. by the, Like from the point from we left your truck to we got into the timber, it it the weather changed fairly significantly it definitely got colder and it definitely got windier in my opinion we're also i mean we're in bibs and you know we have fully clothed it doesn't matter if it gets colder i was cold anyways so <laughs> uh but but i am a one trip guy like he said we got that and so we ended up getting everything out there threw it over his gate or whatever we had to do it was a lot of fun though and then he goes he goes yeah he's like i've only got 10 cameras out here that I need to move or change batteries on. I'm like, well, this wasn't a part of the occasion, but whatever. Let's go walk around your property. You only got part of the story. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying you only got part. Like when he said, we're going to take these bales out. You thought you were just taking bales out. He didn't say, we're going to take bales out. We're going to change cameras. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I had a 50% of the story. Did you take a cooler with you? No. We had a bag full of drinks, though. We did. It would have been pretty much like... You had a bag of drinks? Bag of drinks. Yeah, the, the yeah, same like bag water. that had all the batteries in it is the same bag that had all the drinks. I'm not going to lie. When I'm out walking like that, I don't like having adult beverages. I don't mm-hmm. like having beer or anything like that because it's I, once I get drinking that, I don't want to do anything. If your drinks were in your battery bag, you could have got acid reflux. I never even thought of that. So good thing. You know. I do have acid reflux very bad, yeah, but no. I take pills for it, so <laughs> <laughs> I do. So have you been back since you fed these deer? Are you you have cell cameras or are they? I have cell cameras cell, out so there, so you can see what's going on. Out yeah, there, so. like we talked earlier, you said something about you put some food out this year for like the first time ever. Yeah. Um, like I like I said to you, I put all mine on the trails, and I've had some like the first day I'm there, and there's still corn. That's when like the bucks will show up like a lot. I actually, uh, I don't know if I even showed you this, but I had a brand new like deer that I assume is five years old, five by five frame with split G twos on both sides. He's not. I think you sent that to us on Snapchat, our group chat. I might. He's only, you know, 140-inch deer, but he's you can see he's a mature deer, cool frame, but never saw him before. I did that. and The week before, I actually took four bales out and three bags of corn. Then I they, they literally ate it all by that Thursday. I believe that. And then so I took the nine bales out this, this go-around. So how quickly this time did you have deer come into the food after we left? The very next day, or probably that night, actually, there was some. So it wasn't as quick as the other time because oh, okay. it was colder the other time. And I know we like we bumped off probably ten deer off my farm. We oh, jumped up. I there. guarantee we bumped off a bunch of deer. Yeah, I had like fifty some pictures from when we got on the farm to when we were off. So that includes us and the deer. Um, but yeah, within you know a handful of hours, there was deer back on it. And that very next day or the day after that was when that other buck showed up, and then as well as some of my regulars. And then tonight we actually saw right before we started this, I had a pretty good shed buck on camera too making me itch and go out there feel like a little crackhead but you know <laughs> what do you think drew that that bigger buck in you hadn't seen him before what do, what do you think brought him into that food do you think he happened to be with your you, 
your regulars, like somewhere out on the outskirts of the farm, and that brought him in, or he passed her through. Any idea? Uh, so, what what's always happened is like the big deer that I've had on camera during season, they winter somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I I haven't figured out where that's at, and everything around me is locked up tight. So it's hard to like try to go shed hunt this because no one lets you on. Um, ever since I've been putting food out every year, they've been staying longer and longer. I found sheds on my farm every single year. So for 10 acres to find any antlers, I think is like the nuts, you know, that's I think, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely, we find two every single year. So one for every five acres, that's good enough for me. You talked about wintering deer wintering somewhere. It's amazing to me where you'll be on a ridge one year and you might have a really good season. You might find out the majority of your antlers on that particular ridge. And so the next year you go back there and you're like, Oh, I can't wait to get on such and such ridge you're going to find all these antlers and you don't find a thing you don't find a hardly a deer track you know and it was shredded last year and then they moved to the neighbors how come what you know what's so different about the food that that drew them to that hillside that year who decides where they go why don't they come back to the same exact spots if you're not feeding them you know i, yeah. I get it if you're feeding them you're going to get them in the same spots all the time but i i can't believe and i've shed hunted some different areas in iowa that same thing we've hunted some big farms where you know one year we find them all on the west side of the farm they, they were just they hammered it over on the west side and the next year they're completely on the on the east side of the farm you know it's it's amazing how they they move around like that i feel like it has to do with uh predator uh <clears throat> I, I feel like it has to do with predator pressure human pressure and as well as the way the weather is working yeah it probably has i agree that the weather probably has something to do with it um Maybe how much snow blows in on 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 an alfalfa field or something like that, or the availability of that that alfalfa or whatever they're after. So that that could be a big part of it. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I t- was talking to Levi. I walked his his parents like three years ago or so, and there was hardly a deer track when I walked it. But we got there tonight, and I mean, it blew my mind how much deer sign there was. I found an antler I was never expecting to. I thought we were just going out to you know test my new boots out. But uh, <laughs> well, right where I told you where like they bet at on that one hillside there. I mean, you probably couldn't have gone, what, five feet without a deer track? Yeah, it was it was actually, you know, a really good deer sign. Like, when you get in there, like, okay, this feels shetty. I'm, I'm going to find an antler, which he did. Yeah, Levi'd have missed it. But Dude, nice. we should have went up by the apple tree. I really wanted to go up there. Yeah. Like We I can leave a, right now. I had a heavy draw to go to that apple tree. I'm going to go to there tomorrow. He used another familiar term that I like is shetty. When you get into an area that's shetty, you know, <laughs> I've heard that a lot of different people say that before. Like, ah, it's it's shetty in here. I think we're in the right spot. You just kind of can tell. You can tell when an area's been worked up. Uh, a lot of times, it's a bedding area. Uh, bedding areas are probably one of the most shetty spots. You know, like a fence crossing could be or a, a a certain grass holler that's been traveled a lot, but. But betting areas are always shitty. I like that. It's a good term. Yeah, you just and it was this is like a cedar patch where they're betting too. So you see they've been feeding on these cedar like the cedar trees and it's some of it's sitting on the snow and then you see the bed sitting next to it, the trail's going through it and it's just you get hammer tangling. Yep. Yeah. Hammer time. Where's it at? I've got a question. So yeah. since we were just talking about my parents there, they have a lot of non typicals. I mean, they had one year they had a deer that had five main beams. I mean, they've got a lot of wild shit out there. How often <laughs> yeah, the whole two point <laughs> that, that two pointers, How, wild. Well, but I'm saying I've seen I have seen some pretty wild deer out there with my own eyes. How often do you guys ever find non typical deer with big drop tines and stuff like that and burrs everywhere? I mean, 
a, a deer antler is like a fingerprint, you know? Every single one's different. That's how often do you find a, a non-typical? I'd say there's a lot of antlers that are that may have something different about them. I mean, you get your clean four points and three points and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, like that one. That that one, I would say, is a clean. That was a clean four point. Had he not broken his his uh, G two off, but uh, and it's large. He's 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 beefy, big, heavy, big, heavy antler. Um, drop tines. I I got a couple. I just have a few. I, I don't two. I'm trying to think how many. I only have three drop tines. I think three drop tine antlers. Do um, you have any? I have one, and it's only a technicality. Uh, because when the deer was grown, he broke it. He broke the the beam, and then when it grew back, it left one like oh, the yeah, main beam down. Yeah. yeah, and that's. Um, I have more antlers with flyers on them, um, stickers coming off the G twos, uh, maybe coming off the threes or uh, split brow tines are fun. I love. Uh, uh, God, there's just so many different variations of antlers. You never know what you're gonna find. That's what's that's what's so fun about it. I wish they could like you could feel what me and Matt like him talking about that I'm tingling I'm legitimately tingling because I'm thinking about like my buddy Matt the one time he poached this 10 inch brow tine he what he poached it so that's when you steal an antler from somebody oh okay he, he okay, shed okay. poached it we yeah, talked literally you should probably clarify that if, well if they listen to the podcast like you should be we talked about it earlier in the episode <laughs> it's okay but uh he shed poached this and it was a year old one too but just it might have been a 50 inch four side but it's got a 10 inch brow with like the split is bigger than my fingers like this <laughs> like just a giant sick nasty split and he said he felt so bad i'm like dude that's like the coolest antler i've seen all day and like even that split had like a, a turn to it like this too oh, i just i tingle thinking about like shit like this it's just so so, cool. so so this is okay real quick before i i gotta get into this before i forget about it okay clinton Mr. Bubba, Kenneth Manning, the first doctor. This is how doctor PhD. <laughs> this is how I feel when we talk about waterfowls. Do you understand now my passion for that and why I love it so much? If you love shed hunting this much, your ducks are dumb. They are dumb. So are deer and so are you, but that's besides the point. <laughs> when I see a duck, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just want to point that out. People, when he's always yeah. talking crap about me and my feathered friends. If they're friends, why are you killing them? Deer aren't my friends till after a season. Everybody's got their thing. Everybody's yeah. got their addiction. Yeah. Yours but is it, ducks. Ours is antlers. Doesn't matter. God, I love antlers. But anyways, uh, what, what were you going to say? You, you had something you were going to bring up. Yeah, I was. I'm trying to think about what it was now. I already you ruined it. <laughs> I'll keep thinking about it. I'll remember. It's tough out here. Sometimes you just get talking about antlers and you forget about everything else in this world. I did have something on the tip of my tongue I was going to say, and I can't exactly remember what it was. That was because he interrupted us about poaching. Because you were going to say it right after I was done with my story, and then you interrupted us about He was, because, yeah, you said he poached it and it had a... The big split big brow. Split we are talking brow about non-typical and, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I don't know. Keep I don't going. have, like, I don't have very many non-typicals. Like, I have <clears throat> antlers that have split brows, split G2s, but nothing that's just super crazy. So when I see, like, the deer with the drop tines, that's what gets me going. Okay. Now I remember what I was going to say. Okay, and do it. it. It's similar to finding a drop time. Um when you're in the snow, okay, and you see that base sticking up, all right, and you're like, I got one, and they're like, how good is it? And you're like, I don't know. That's the best part. Like, you grab onto it. Some guys will just grab on and just rip my the ground and be like, I don't care what it is. Woof, you know, and then other guys, like, they got it's like they found a dinosaur bone. They got to dust it off, and they got to get a uh, ATL. Oh, we didn't cover ATL. Oh, shit. ATL is as they lay. You got to get in it as they lay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. You when you get into snow or or maybe you can't see the full antler, you can see it from a long ways away. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, he's got a picture up here. He's got three tines sticking out of the snow, and you don't know if it's in eight inches of snow. You don't know if it's in two inches of snow. You don't know what you're pulling out of there. Yeah, this one I'm showing now. You can see three and a half, four inches of base. Of base on this a three and a half year old deer. I'm saying. I bet this deer was five. Oh, this wow. is 64 inch, uh, big old four point sides, oh, but D2. Awesome. Okay, so show them out of the snow. You got a picture of them out of the snow, then it's got to be your next picture. Of course, I do. Oh, so that it was this oh, one. And, nice. And so this is one of the coolest finds ever. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell this story quick because it's just so cool. Um, so this one, in the, this is his left side <clears throat> in the picture, is the one that I found just a base sticking up. I was walking on my cousin's farm. He just bought this 13 acres. And, uh, he said he wanted to try shed hunt. I said, well, let's, well, let's go give it a try. And it was super, this is the last, whatever year this was. I don't know if it says 2021. So that was when we got our last big snow year. And I was like, oh, we can go try it. And, uh, walking up and I see, it looked just like one of those small trees that just got cut. And so I threw the binoculars up and I could see the discoloration of like the base. And I'm like, I was like, I could have an antler. I'm not sure. So I, I start getting closer up to it and I get closer. I'm like, oh yeah, I got one. So take my picture. We, uh, and I do this for YouTube. So we, uh, do the video, me pulling it out outdoors. Yeah. Shout out to the, the plug there. So pull that, that out. See that G2, like obviously on camera, I didn't see that. And I'm just freaking out. So cool. Uh, we put it back in the bag and this is, like I said, one of the coolest match set stories I have. And I joke around with my cousin and his buddy. I said, let's kick around the snow, see if we can find this other side. And cause like there was no other antler exposed or anything. And so we're legitimately just kicking around the snow, just being dumb. And I turn around towards like where this little creek is. And I can see there's the smallest shade of brown under the snow. And I kick it and it's boom. It's that other side. And you guys can oh, see that's so cool. how Paul made it out. That other split G2 is oh, it's so nasty. Okay. So Matt, did, did you not know you could put your phone in airplane mode? I seen that you had to turn it on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm messing around. There, I think I got it. Oh, there, there was a picture. I didn't know if you just knew how to do it or not. That was after I found the shed. You can see my cousin's real happy with me. Is that the middle finger? That is, that is actually, in fact, the middle finger. Oh, I didn't know if he was saying you were number one or he, he wasn't really impressed that you found that. Well, he was he was really impressed I found it. He actually, I got trail cam pictures of the deer from him and everything. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my four-year-old daughter will tell you, oh, I like that. My four-year-old daughter will tell you the first is the worst, the second is the best. And Mia is a turd, which is her <laughs> little sister, who's the third one. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, right now I'm showing all these. These are all from the same year of uh, pictures of ones that were just on the show because we had all that snow we that year. We need to film this or something. I don't have mine cataloged was that like as what? well as he does. Well, so. Was that like 21 or 22? 21. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's this pretty sick one here. This yeah. is 155-inch match set. I like that. Wow. Yeah. That was, and those are touching? Or those are both buried right there? Yeah. Oh what you guys got yeah so that's that's the one side the one side it's laying like uh like this on the brow tiny g2 okay i see that then one. another one is sitting like this that's awesome this is actually the one that uh mickles daughter shot oh Those really i found my first ever road sheds they were on the farm that i deer hunt we were driving by just to see if there was deer and i saw these poking out from 200 some yards away throw the binos up like i was with my little brother and he had never seen sheds picked up before and i was like i wonder if uh I was like, I wonder if those are what are the sticks or what they are. So we both threw up the binos. I'm like, oh, Jackson, that made sticks. All right, what oh, do we got here? Boy. I'm just I'm just throwing out some old pictures. But this was a this was a walk up in uh, oh northern northeastern Iowa. Um, we hunted an afternoon, and and that was a that was a 
pretty productive afternoon. I forget how many we had there at to count them all, but we put them all on the back of the on a tunnel covered on the top of the truck, and I don't know what is there twenty twenty something laying yeah. there. Uh, just memorable hunt, memorable hunts. You know, when you go out and you have a really good day. You talked about walking eighteen miles and finding one antler. You know, but did you did it deter you from ever going shed hunting again? Absolutely you not. Just you're like oh, that's a bad day. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I could have been doing something better, but I didn't. And uh, then you go out the next time and and hammer them. You know, so you just never know what you're gonna come. That's across. me all winter long. I could be doing something productive, but I'm not. I want to show you guys this video here. Actually, so they're gonna be able to hear the audio as well because okay. I got my phone hooked up here. Uh, this is me and my little brother when we found that set. Me and Jackson out driving, looking for deer, came to my spot in Bellevue. First over, first ever road shed, and there's two. Yeah, Me I and Jackson just, out driving. I drive. was just geeking, because <laughs> it's just the best feeling in the world. Was that too loud for you? No, I was just turning it down in case you had something come up that... Oh, That worked out well. I thought it sounded good. Yeah. No, it worked out. It sounded really good. I'm trying to find, I had, I found a match set, double flyers, and Ugh. just the tips are sticking out of the snow, and I thought it was one big antler at first, and I reached down to grab it, and not all the antlers came out of the snow, and I'm like, what the hell, and then I, I realized I had the other side laying right next to it, and I cannot find my picture to show you, but. So, upstairs, we actually talked about finding sheds at night, right? Yes. So, I actually have the video right here of when I, this is not me picking it, it's me holding it, but it's like going over about like it so you can see the headlamp on my head here so walk me through that what were you well we figured there's not enough time to shed hunt during the day so we're out here at night using lights to find antlers <laughs> <laughs> so we actually found two antlers right like next to each other so we just we got late shed hunting this big old property and uh there was some standing beans left in this where it was too wet and so we're just it's the quickest way out and we just happened to run into these beans right and uh, so they have their phone flashlights. I got my uh, my headlamp. There was three of us. And I'm on the far right side walking out, and I'm starting to catch a shadow. And I'm like, oh, God, that might be an antler. It's like, I might have one over here, guys. And they all look over, and my buddy Ty sees it, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's an antler. And then uh, his girlfriend looks right in front of him. There was one in front of him he missed. So we had two of them within, t like, 10 yards, and they weren't even a match. Oh, my right gosh. That. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I cannot find my. I was gonna show you my picture of my double flyers, and you just had to believe me until I can find the picture. So. I'll believe you. <laughs> Actually, so this is gonna be another video on my phone, but this is more for you. This is this shows uh, that <clears throat> big brow tine that my buddy uh, like nabbed from me. So it shows like our best three antlers of that day. This is King here. So here's our top three. Found this mini monster. Little two year old right, and then six point. Matt finds. This crazy brow tine, just giant. And then right as we're on the way out, boom, Chunky magnum monkey. hammer. Yeah, so <clears throat> that one was super cool. I found the two fresh ones. Matt found that old one. But just like I described that four point, big old split, big tall. And then that last one, there was a 67 inch five side just sitting just like that. And it never gets old. No, and, and you go out and do it again next year or next week or whenever you go do it again, it's awesome. Yeah, weekend after, this is a cool one here, right next to the railroad. Oh, I've, wow, that's a great picture. Yeah. That's an awesome picture. And you can yeah. see the railroad's obviously not in service anymore, but sure. then found that other side like 100-some yards away. Um, this one, Levi was pointing at, big old 8-point, 26-inch main beams on that 8-point. Wow. And he wouldn't want, he would not have went 140. That's crazy. He's that's huge. Paper thin, but... Super, mm -hmm. super cool. Yeah, I think it's the memories for me that does it. Like, 
I'm going as I'm going through my phone here. I'm I'm just trying to find a couple old pictures, but like we go out with groups, you might be three, four, or five guys, and at the end of the day, you throw all your antlers together, you take pictures of it, you joke about who didn't find any or who sucked at it or who couldn't do this or who couldn't walk fast enough or whatever the case might be, and and that's what keeps you going back. You know, a lot of times we'll go up and we'll stay overnight in a cabin and have a few beers the night before and go out and see what you can find the next day. You know, so. You know, Wes always talks trash about how I walk really fast through the timber, which I do because I know I got shit to do, places <laughs> to be, and it's on that animal. Anyways, uh, when we're out like shed hunting, mushroom hunting, no, I walk really slow. You got to take your time. I do. You, you will walk by him. If you don't take your time, you walk by I'm going to walk by him taking my time. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to do as well. You see these eyes? Um, I've got four of them. I've I've walked by antlers so many times. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier, too, when we were chatting earlier. But, uh, you know, I've walked by him and someone behind me like, hey, you going you gonna to pick up this antler that you walked by? And it's like, ah, I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be good at this. And I'm not. <laughs> So it happens. as we talked on the beginning of this episode of the deer shedding on camera, so they're going to be on this side. You'll just see the antler pop off right here. Um, I'll turn the volume up because you can actually hear them clicking their antlers together. Should be going. Yeah, it's going. Just watch right over here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you can see it. That's awesome. Yeah, and this is this is the buck that was tussling with him. So you'll see this deer has both antlers still on his head, and uh, I think he turns his head. But uh, yeah, right there you can see he has both antlers. Looks like a nice deer too. Yeah. It's not oh a, yeah, there he goes. Yeah, he's got both sides. That's a shooter for me. And there's <laughs> and there's an antler laying there. Yep. And then you can see in this picture here, there's the, the deer the deer antler sitting right there, and then there's this pretty good one sitting behind him. Very nice. Yeah, I don't know if that's pee or something, but that was that like yellow. If you're peeing that color, you need to be going to the doctor because you need to get something yeah, checked out. Get that it was at. a tough one. <laughs> so, have you ever found like sheds that were like just shed, like before you got there? You think like I've followed blood trails already, if that's what you mean. So, like this is the freshest yep. sheds I ever found. That's fresh. Yeah, that's and I I assume I scared that deer out of his bed, or you know. The day before, that morning, he dropped him or something. Yeah. So when you're shed hunting with snow on the ground yet, and you see that fresh blood in a deer trail, you're like, which way do I go? <laughs> so so this, I don't know why this just reminded me of this story, but uh, this isn't a hunting story or anything like that, but it is. it does pertain to a, a large, wide deer. So I'm coming down, uh, what is that, Bunker Hill over there by the high school in Bellevue? That big, long one on 62. Okay, I don't know what they call it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so we're coming down that hill. That is a sweet picture. I'm coming down that hill, and I see this doe come across the road, and it was during rut, and then I see this huge buck. I mean, and this is an actual huge buck. It was so large when it went to run through these trees, it caught both trees, and it poof hit, and it just sat down where it was running. I'm like, oh, that had to hurt. <laughs> Stopped in his tracks. Oh, it did. I mean, it just, boom. I'm like, ooh, sorry, buddy. Okay, so what we're what uh, Maddie is showing me right now is a decent, like, four point that's got, like, I don't know if you caught, they're probably a unicorn point. Just about a unicorn point, yep. Just barely connected right there at the base. What's that, six inch long, probably? Yep, yep. And that then, is sweet. And then the one next to it looks like it could have been it from two years ago. With the, like year, a, the year before. The year before. So yeah. it was just, like, a spike with a brow, and the unicorn point has actually a split on it. Two left sides, both left sides. Never did find the right sides. Um, pretty neat antler, but not to, you wouldn't mistake it. You know, you, like you knew it was that deer again the next year. So, 
Yeah, that's absolutely sweet. I don't have anything like that. So that's that. like the type of, so the deer yeah. that I'm talking about, those yeah. at my parents' place. Yeah, talking babies, non-typical. That, yeah, was like that. It had four on one side and then one on the other. That's, oh, Dude, God, it, it was it. wicked looking. And if I, I can't remember what it scored, but it was, it was a pretty good number because the guy actually had shot it during archery season. Okay. I, I think it was in the 150s-ish, like high 150s, right, right around in that area, if I remember right. Yeah, when you have a big day, when you can pick up, you know, you get into some good antlers. Obviously, you get your three points and your four points and, you, you know, your smaller antlers. But when you get into them big, chunky monkeys and heavy ones. I like, like that one there on the far left. So I'm showing them a picture of three antlers that I got into here a couple of years ago. It looks like um, a moose paddle. It's, it's, it's insanely palmated. So we were looking for this deer. Um, my The guy I was with knew about it. Um, I found this side. And I ended up paying my nephew $50 because he found the other side. I said, if you find the other side, I'll give you 50 bucks. Well, they went up a couple weeks later and they found, he's like, hey, you owe Peter 50 or uh, Ben 50 bucks. And I'm like, why is that? He's like, you got your antler. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Here, it wasn't far from where I found my antler. I just didn't look hard enough. Really nasty, thick area, like terribly thick area to get into. But uh, yeah, my, my, my little nephew ended up finding it for me, so. It was awesome. It's uh, actually screwed to the ceiling in my shop. So next time you guys are in my shop, it's it's a set that's screwed to the ceiling. I'm gonna have to look at that next time I'm in there. It's the only set of antlers screwed to the ceiling. I would never screw an antler. That would hurt. Uh, if well, you if it's you on, it's, it's on <laughs> a what, would it, like what would it hurt? It's on a wire. <laughs> okay. It's on a wire. Okay. So it's they weren't no antlers saying, you're were putting, damaged. If you're putting holes through antlers, you're gonna make me cry. No, no antlers were damaged in the making of this uh, <laughs> this hanging. So you know. Thinking about that moose paddle, and I'm not going to say who found it or where it was found or what it was found, but that one near kind of where I live, that really, really big one that we went over there yes. to check out. Yes. I'm going to go walk that public ground. Oh, yeah. Right across the road from there. That The where I live? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone I can, found a I big can, moose paddle there? Pretty much. Uh, two sets. <laughs> two sets off the same deer that they're like both. Palmated? Huge. They're both 80s plus, mid 80s we're, plus. We're talking palmated whitetail, though. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. it's like a five point that like you can almost barely get your hand around. Yeah, it is huge. Absolutely sweet. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of what he uh, what he did for his dad with the. They made a so it was somebody's dad that found the two sets, and so for Christmas they made him a display for it. I awesome. can't lie though, if I find that, I'd have to give it to him because he has the other ones. That's just me personally. That deer's dead, long gone. Oh, is it's it been, dead? It's been ten years since oh, he found the last. Oh, okay, set. okay, okay. Yeah. I thought this was like he found him. The year before and then this year. No. So okay. the coolest thing, the first time I went over there to their place, uh, the our buddy had uh, told him how much I'm a, I'm a nut for sheds. And you should have seen the grin on his face when he's bringing out his little Walmart bag with these antlers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we sit down in his shop and he's pulling them out. And he's like, hold this. And so I hold it 16 point something pounds with four antlers. So they're, wow. they're over four pounds a piece. And they're just, huh? yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're big. Speaking of big antlers, I showed this to Levi. I'm showing a 91-inch side here. That's nice. Uh, I had a buddy who he farms for a living, and uh, they got, like, he was just literally farming. And uh, he was going and just saw this little antler sitting there. It was sitting tines down. He takes two steps out of the tractor, throws it in, and doesn't even think anything about it and just keeps going because he doesn't care. He's like, I'm here to farm. So That's funny you say that. So many guys, so many people like that are like, whatever, just get them out of my way. I don't want them. That's awesome. That's a nice display. He's showing me the picture of the display with these antlers. That's awesome. 
Yeah, to take oh. my phone off of airplane mode, so I'm probably getting like 50 messages right now. It's but okay. so I don't know if they're covering up the antlers or not. No, it, it, it's all good there. But yeah, that who's, thing. Who's creepy uncle? <laughs> what? That's my dad. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. oh yeah, no, no, no. That is not your dad. <laughs> but uh, with, with that side, he said, I'm "Just kidding." There was a. He took a couple no, he pictures wasn't. of it and sent it to some people, and someone offered him a hundred bucks for it. And he was like. He's like, well, that's a hundred more than I got. And then his dad was like, well, just hold on to it. You know, he's like, that's a pretty good antler. Just hold on to it. And so, like I said, he doesn't care about antlers. I have a buddy that's a collector. And so when he brought this over to me, I took some pictures of it and I uh, sent it to my buddy. And he's like, what do you think he want for that? And I was like, I was like, he's probably not going to, like, it probably wouldn't be a crazy amount. Like that antler is probably worth five to $600 to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. What? In the collecting world. Yeah. And if it had better color, it'd be worth more than that. But, uh. So I was like, well, I was like, he'd probably take, you know, four to 500 bucks, you know, cause I know, and then you're going to do okay if you ever sell it or trade it. And, uh, so I, when I told that kid, it blew his mind. And then I talked to my collector buddy and he's like, yeah, I give him 500 for it. And I told him that he's like, take it before he changes his mind. <laughs> so I got to, you know, help with that transaction of that. It's crazy. It's crazy. What, uh, in the collecting world, what people will pay for, but it all depends on what you collect. If, if, if you've got the correct antler, if you you know, there's some guys that all they do is collect three-point sides or drop-tying deer or, you know, like everyone, non-typicals, you know, or clean fives, whatever your thing is. Some guys get get that infatuated with it that they will only keep that particular antler. I guess so. I am a taxidermy collector. I, don't, I won't buy it from somebody else, but I will always get my own done. And I plan on, I actually have to... Uh, Either build a house that's bigger, or I have to add an addition to my house for all my taxidermy. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> when I go to do all those turkey mounts for the 49 states that have a huntable turkey population, because <laughs> there's 50, I, I know there's 50 states, but there's only 49 with a huntable population. I'm I have I'm gonna full like do an entire body mount of every single one of them, so I have to have a bigger house or an addition on my own. At so, that point, you're going to need a warehouse, I think, if you're going to have that many full-body turkey mounts. I'm going to have a big house. Okay. It's only going to be for the mounts. I'm serious. Like, I'm just going to have a big open area. In Anyways, but so I get the I get the collector part of it, though, because if I wanted to buy other people's stuff, because I don't get the, you know, it's cooler to say that, oh, yeah, I found all these, and yeah, I paid a guy 500 bucks for that, or I paid 300 bucks for that, you know. I don't know. I think it seems cooler to say that this is your own collection i get it but with the taxidermy i have to pay the guy to taxidermy it for me yeah but like in the i don't it's not quite the same i guess like it'd be almost like collecting coins you know like it's it's the same but it's not so with coins obviously you're not gonna go out and find coins but you go out and collect coins you go to different places you might pay different prices for coins right 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 you might get one cheap whatever but that's that's your thing is you're going to have this coin collection to be like, hey, I spent my entire life collecting these coins and I've got everyone from blah, blah, blah to this and that. And it's no different with antlers. Be like, hey, I found some of these antlers. I bought some of these antlers. Uh, some little old lady had all these, this, this antler in her basement. Her husband did something with it great 50 years ago. You know, you just acquire things and, and those are the experiences of life that, that keep you going after, you know, whatever right. it is you collect or, whatever. I mean, I would acquire somebody's taxidermy, like how you have those. Can I say it? The, you know what those animals are? Those caribou. Oh, my caribou. Yeah. Good job. I knew what they are. <laughs> I know I'm a conservationist, man. Not a dummy. <laughs> I mean, you're a duck hunter, so it's not far from a dummy. 
Yeah, you're right. Continue, though. So anyways, uh, <laughs> but like something like that, oh my God, I would love to have that at my house because the story behind it, mm-hmm. like when you tell that to me, I it just... I love it. See, I didn't, have so to buy, cool. I didn't have to buy those. Those that's something right. I acquired. So you may buy some, you might acquire some, you might find some. You just you don't know how. I mean, hell, I acquired one of my buddy's turkey mounts. There you go. I mean, I'll give it back to him if he ever wants it, but he's never messaged me for it. It was the first turkey he ever got. It has like eleven and a half inch beard. I mean, this thing is a monster turkey. It's just hanging in my house. I'll take care of it until he wants it back. Right. That uh, <clears throat> that reminds me. I have two deer that I've you know got from people. Uh, I had a buddy who was living with me for a while, and they were his great uncles, and uh, his uh, <clears throat> great aunt, like his great uncle, had passed away, and his great aunt was going to throw these deer mounts away, and he was like, "Don't do that! Like, I'll find a spot for him." That I neck a, mount's cool. Yeah, I, so I have a couple of them like that. They were one guy was going to throw one away. I'm like, "You are not throwing that away. It was going to go in a dumpster." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, no." Yeah, it's so, hanging in my shop, rotting away now. But I love it because I can't throw I can't throw antlers away. This first one that he said neck mount. So this first one was this guy's first deer. He killed it in 1955, and it was in the Telegraph Herald. So like I have the printed out thing, the the to go with it to go with it. So I got like a little framed newspaper article That's awesome. with that deer as his first deer. And then uh, it was quite a few years later. I have another deer from him. It's a 186 inch buck. Uh, it's like a typical five by five, but the one side has like four flyers off the G2 and like cool splits off the G3. And that's to the same thing where my buddy asked, like, if I could just have him till he has a spot for him, but he's moved two different places and never asked for him again. But it blows my mind. Like, how could somebody in their right mind, like, I get it. They don't care about it, but why throw something like that away? I mean, that's just a piece of history. I mean, that's like throwing away the animal itself and not caring. Well, it's to some people, it's it was a different part of their life and they don't. You know, they're beyond that. They're past that. And it doesn't mean anything to them anymore. You know, maybe that yeah. memory's gone or maybe it was a, now it's a bad memory. It was a good memory. Now it's a bad memory. You know, who knows? People, people get rid of stuff for, for all kinds of reasons, but that's the only thing I can think of. Solid point. That's I got it right here. An answer. How much does antler mean to you? Actually a decent amount because it was found in my parents. It was the first one I ever found in my parents. How much does this antler or mean you to you? found, but how much does this antler mean well, to you? Nothing, but literally nothing. If you tried to take this from me, Matt threw this on the ground. I wanted to legitimately fight him. I just took it from him. When Matt threw that on the ground, I wanted to fight him. Because, like, every antler means a lot to me. So, like, it's hard for me to pass this on to you. You're going to see that? Oh, that's something for a small dog to chew on. That's what you're going to see it as? I don't like dogs chewing on antlers. But I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. But, yeah, so that's, like, the point. Like, everyone always asks me, what do you do with your antlers? And I say I love them. And that's, (laughs) that's like, legitimate. Like, there's, I just... Love looking at them. I love touching them. I do like that there's blood on the bottom of this one. Yeah, it's kind of cool to get the bloody bases. But, Everybody's yeah. got their thing. Some guys, some guys collect them to give them away. Some guys collect them and never give, never give a one away. Some guys sell them. You know, they find so many they sell. You know, because they couldn't, they couldn't have ever have enough garage space for the amount they find. You know, some guys are a hundred plus a year. Um, I've never been that guy. <laughs> Not yet. I did get 70 one year. I think 20, I was just about to ask you what's the most you've ever found. I was in, I think I hit 74 in 2010, I think was the first year I went to Saskatchewan. And that was, that included, I think 16 or 18 from, from up North. Um, what's the most you found in Iowa? Uh, in a season? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the fifties, uh, 50, 51 or That's 52, just 50. What so, about you, Clinton? I got him fucking smoked. So, my best year overall is 63. Oh, if you're second Iowa, 
Just that, Iowa. Just Iowa. Okay. So the year I found 63, I found three of them in Wyoming. So then we're down to 60. I found three in Wisconsin. So it's 57. And I found three in Illinois. So that'd be 54 in Iowa that year. So you didn't smoke them. Well, 54 is better than 51 or 52. I'm just saying you didn't smoke them. But yeah, I, I was going white, white tail. Second place is the first loser, right? But I'm still a winner. Second right? is the best. First what, is the worst. What's his, what's the uh, what's the uh, Fast and Furious saying? Oh, I have no idea. Oh no no no! It's Talladega Nights. If you ain't first, you're last. Oh maybe that's is that Bobby. Yeah. If you maybe. ain't first, you're last. Bob Bubba, not Bobby Bubba. Oh, I am wearing that shirt today. Yeah, you are. Wait a sec. There we go. Oh, there you go. That's a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more professional. Yeah. <laughs> He kind of is like the town of Clinton. Kind of smells like ADM. Ooh. Stinky. Things least, getting mean around here. At least I can find <laughs> sheds. Hey, I found a couple. Hey, I know. I do. I Like I said, I was blown away that we found that today. So actually, I have a fun little story. Uh, last year, I just was messing around, and my daughter and I had nothing going on. And uh, I decided to, hey, Lillian, you, you want to go shed hunting? Yeah, let's do it. So we went walking around, and we just went out to the big mill area and uh i'm literally standing like ooh, sorry for the tv there i'm literally sorry, st- <laughs> right i'm literally standing like 100 yards away from this and i actually still have the little uh, the little antler it got chewed on real bad couldn't have been much bigger than three inches and it was all chewed up but it was a thicker base than this it was probably like this it's probably like yeah there we go it's probably about that big and it was all chewed up but i found it with my daughter and I don't know, and didn't get rid of it. And then we also found a uh, uh, a dead head doe that was just all completely skull. There was nothing, nothing left on it, and we kept that too. And it was just a fun little day. But I, I got her up near it, and this was when she was three. Yeah, she was three at the time. And uh, we walked up to there, and I'm like, Lillian, I'm like, do you see it? And she's like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And I'm like, here, I'm like. I basically like got her on top of it. She goes, what's this? I'm like, that's what I was trying to get you to look for. It was, it was fun. It's something you can pass on to your kids. My, my kids will shed hunt with me. They, you know, it's just something you can do. My wife doesn't go out so much, but my kids will go out with me. Um, it's family, family time, you know, you can spend a whole day doing it. You can spend an hour doing it. It doesn't matter. Well, like Clinton said today, when me and me and or him and I, me and him, whatever you want to say it, uh, when we were walking through my parents there, oh, this is why I love it because you can be noisy, you can have fun, you can talk to each other, you can, you know, have some tomfoolery. Yep, absolutely. And you never know what you're going to find. That's the best part. Yeah, exactly. You can be out there and find a <clears throat> nine inch two point, or you can go out there and find a 90 inch, you know, rib, 10 point rib cage. Oh my gosh, I love it. Bubba Gump said it best life is like a box full of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So shed hunting. I th- I think the box of chocolates actually say what they are on the little slip. Yeah, now they, they do tell you under the bottom, under the cover. I'm going to throw this <laughs> box at you here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to, be to prove you wrong there. But yeah, like you said, like I've said before, shed hunting is by far my favorite form of any hunting mm-hmm. that I do. Uh, some people find that crazy. Matt's not in his head in agreement because it's just. Well, I'm a fungi freak. I love going out hunting for mushrooms, whether it be morales, golden oysters, the puff balls that we were talking about up at my parents' place today. I love going out and doing that. Do you know what? A, a lot of times when you're out mushroom hunting, you know what you'll find? The best thing known to man. <laughs> Shed antlers. <laughs> it happens. I, I mean, it, it I haven't actually haven't found any while I was doing that. You're not looking hard enough. No, he's, he's not in the winter. Well, areas. I'm also I'm also looking for 
mushrooms. He's probably walked past an 80-incher. You should accidentally find a shed antler when you're mushroom hunting. I'll look for it now. But well, in the past couple of years, we have a pretty shitty seasons looking for yeah we got short short yeah. rain seasons yeah. and then it gets too hot too quick yeah so it really but it's really good for the golden oysters those things get huge i've never had them i don't know if you have or not yeah yeah the oysters yeah yeah i've got shows. i've got some in my freezer right now <clears throat> i've axialed them if you want to try some i don't know i've only ever had the morale mushrooms so that's the only ones that i like next podcast mushrooms cover yeah. them all yeah it'd be really cool to get a conservation on here and Elephant ears. What else we got? I can get a friend Hen, on here. He Hen can, of the woods. I got a friend. Hen of on. the woods is Hen of the woods is good. Um, lion's mane. My cousin found some of that earlier this year, and uh, he actually sent me a picture of it because there's like three. I think there's three different kinds of lion's mane, and he found the the one that looks like. Um, gosh, what are those uh, crystals that grow in that come down from the top of caves? Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember what they are. Cave crystals. Yeah, but there's a certain... Anyways, it doesn't even matter. One, one grows up from the bottom and one grows down from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Names. Those types, those types. Well, well yeah, they have different the name names. I can't remember the name of it anyways. I'll remember it tonight when I'm driving home. But uh, anyways, he found it and they kind of look like that, but they also look like coral at the same time. And it's just really cool to me because it's not something you can really find around here very much. Yeah, I was going to say in uh, Meth Coconut, I got a buddy who's an expert on different kind of mushrooms, but we could get them on too. I, I'm actually going to be going through a college course so I can sell them. Yeah, he meant Makoka to Iowa. Uh, yeah, I'm, we call I'm it talking about psychedelics, those kind of mushrooms. Oh, no, no, no. I don't need a, I don't need one, a class on the that. The ones you find underneath cow poop, isn't it? Exactly. It's, um, it's okay. Me and Maddie got it. It's, just, it's not cow poop, by the way. It's horse shit. That's horse shit. It, down in <laughs> Louisiana because it's humid down there. Down there. Oh. Yeah. They got the psilocybin. Whatever that is. It gets you wild. I'm going to ring this whole thing back in. Yeah, please do okay. because we're getting what two things, two things, and then we'll get out of here. Never told the story about this antler from my perspective, so I'm going to do that quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So this is this. trying to forget about it. Magnum 2.0 I found today. <laughs> so I've walked uh, Levi's parents before by myself. I, like three years ago, no deer sign, didn't find anything. So I was a little bit pessimistic going into today, which happens to the best of us. And we pull off right off the lane, and I'm already seeing deer tracks that Levi points out to me. And I'm like, okay, this is this is a good start. We uh, first we before we cross the fence into there's the field where these tracks are. I said, okay, like so when I see these trails going to fences, I'll walk to the fence, look over the fence just in case, you know, because you never know. And then we followed the other tracks all the way around the fence until we hit that next corner by his apple tree that he's gonna go check tomorrow because there's probably a match set or something sitting by it. Um, we then hop the fence into the cedar thicket. And I asked Levi, I was like, should we just peel in here or should we go like to the very start? And he said we should go to the start. So we, we did that and it uh, didn't really matter, but you never know if you don't go. Well, actually, if we would have just peeled in right where we were at, he would not have found that antler. Because that antler was about 15, 20 feet back from that corner where we were going to jump in at. Are you sure? I thought it was like yep. like 50 yards nope. in. Nope. Nope. All right, well, because we had to turn around and go all the way back and walk back up that fence line. And if you wouldn't, because when I, when I turned around and turned to go back up, I was like, I can't, it was like 20 feet or 30 feet behind that apple tree. And that apple tree is like right next to that fence. Okay. So the way him and I uh, gridded this, or we didn't really grid it, but we each took a line. I said, I'll take the bottom third. You take the top third and we can share the middle. Just like you said, 
poaching him right in the middle. I said, you know, where we'll meet about this trail and then split it back. And I mean, it wasn't very long. Like you said, 20 minutes into the whole walk and I'm walking up to, it's a fallen cedar tree, but it didn't have anything, just the sticks. You know how all them sticks are going everywhere. I've actually split my knee open on one of those shed hunting, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> and, uh, it could be for this time. We got all the time in the world. We, okay. Just real quick. Walking a spot by Lamont. I, it was during, it was snowy. I went to cross over this cedar tree that was fallen. My stocking cap got caught by thorns, so it peels my head back like this, and then I keep moving my knee, and through my jeans, it's just a stick like this, and I smack right in there, and I was like, ooh, that felt really, really good, you know, right? And I look at my jeans. There's no hole in my jeans or anything. I'm like, okay, just blunt force trauma. You know, it hurt a little bit, and I walk another 100 yards. I look down from my knee all the way down to my shin is soaked with blood. <laughs> it, it is, gotcha. Yeah, she bit you. It split it right through the pants, and- we finished a shed hunt before we went home and, you know, got it first dated up. My man. But anyway, so back to you. So he, he sees this next to a fallen cedar that had branches going everywhere. Yeah. So I just saw some, some slight discoloration. And like, when you do this long enough, like me and Matt, you know, the color of like a distinct, like obviously there's sticks that'll get you every time. Branchlers. Yeah. But, uh, it was, yeah, I think it was sitting just like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could see that off white with a little bit of brown streaks through it. And I threw it up in the binos. And I actually still wasn't sure with the binos. I was only 20 yards away. And I, I like, even looked at you while you were looking through the binos. Yeah. And I was like, well, it could be a stick with snow on it because I've seen that before. Or it could be an antler. Just like that picture I showed you, that big G2 shed. It was either a stick with snow on it or it was an antler. I've seen it all. And then I don't remember exactly what I said. I said something like, I might have an antler yeah, over here. Yeah. He, so he yelled out to me. He goes, hey, I might have an antler over here. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, nope, I have an antler over here. I said something more clever. I said, I have a questionable antler. And then I said, something like that, I said, yeah. it ain't a question anymore. Something oh, like that's that. what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And uh, and then Levi comes down and I took a little Snapchat video. I didn't take an ATL. Don't yell at me. It's okay. But uh, with the YouTube and obviously doing this, we uh, filmed the pickup and everything. You have a grace. I'll give you the grace. Um, you didn't have to take an ATL. Yeah. I, I you don't have to take an ATL of all of them. I just, it's a thing. The big ones, the cool ones. Stuff like that. But it does, honestly, like that little antler, you you better like put that on a shelf or something because that is a little special to me. I In 10 years, you could pick that out of my pile and I could tell you exactly where I got it from. I think you should cut it in half and give him half and you keep it. <laughs> just, just like split it like perfectly. Look on his face when I said that. His <laughs> eyes got big. Like, oh. Finders, keepers, Levi, golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to make this episode rated R. Too many fucks. I only said it was that time I went. That was the second. I didn't actually say it that time. Oh, well, now there's already two, so. Well, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, but yeah, that's, we, you know, found it from pretty far away. Was really happy because my eyes have been messing with me the last couple of years. Like, I've been really, like, sensitive to wind and stuff and then saw it from a while. And that really helps with the confidence. And then Levi did the uh, the video. I gave him a good shout out in the video, too. So when he goes on YouTube, he can be famous. Yeah, it excites me. Good luck. <laughs> hey, my YouTube is making money. I don't know. Oh, if I told dude, you, that. you should have brought up. Should have brought up really? Levi yeah. from the Louise Hunting Strategies podcast is with me today. You should have done it, along with the podcast that you're a part of. Oh, I forgot about that. Dang, right. me too. Actually, I didn't even think about it while we're out there. Yeah, I'm supposed to say my name is Clinton Cash Manning the first from MMA Outdoors and Louise Hunting Strategies podcast, and I'm here with Levi Burzel from the Louise Hunting Strategies podcast. It might be a mouthful. That's okay. You've had a mouthful before, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah. A food. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you were talking. <laughs> but uh, Matt's over here, like, getting what west. is going on? It's getting western, <laughs> yeah, getting deep an hour and a half in. But yeah, it was just it was super cool to find that, especially our first shed hunt ever, walking together. 
Like I was just very happy about that. Um, and then before we end this, I actually, Matt, I want your, your top tips for shed hunting. What, what you do to find the most time out. No, I want it from both of you. So I want to hear his, and then I want to hear whatever he didn't get that you think is also another thing. Uh, hunt where the deer are. Um, and what I mean by that is we talked about deer wintering in different places. So years ago I would hit the same spots, even though they weren't, they weren't there that year. There'd be a little bit of deer sign, but not the deer sign I had the year before. I would still comb those areas. I I would, a lot of time, I don't want to say I was wasting my time, but didn't have a ton of success. Go where your deer are, follow your deer herd. Um, that's probably the number one thing you can do. Just find out where they're bedding, find out where they're feeding, concentrate on those areas. So, so how are you going to do that if you've never been in that area hunting wise? Well, that's, that's a good, get on a, find a main trail, find a main deer trail, get on it and, and go. It's going to take you somewhere. It's going to take you to food. It's going to take you to bedding area, find a main trail. That's, that's the first thing you need to do. Um, you know, people say, oh, you got to walk fence lines. Yeah, you can walk fence lines. That works. You, you can walk crop ground to timber ground fence lines. That's not a terrible thing to do, but you're going to have more success if you find a main trail, get on it, and let it lead. It'll take you somewhere. It's Get on a good deer trail. It'll take you somewhere. I have a good response for that. So if you've never hunted that area, never been in it before, um, I've always said that the trails paved in poop will lead you to what you're looking for. Right. So if they're there and you see all these rubs and, and scrapes that they were there during season, but if you're not seeing that poop, that means it's deteriorated. So you have to see that fresh poop to know. And that or, is- or moldy. If you see moldy deer shit, like in the ice, and you know it was cold. Like let's say we had ice in January. This year we didn't. But that's a very good point. Um, it Moldy shit or something that's embedded in that ice pack down. They were there. They might not be there right now. They might have moved on to food somewhere else. In, in March, they might have moved out to different fields. But where were they in February when they dropped their antlers? I mean, that's another thing to consider. So... If you can see where an area used to be tore up, or or there was a ton of sign there before, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, it's a lot different than your deer sign during hunting season. It's a lot different sign to look for. Maybe that's why I don't know how to kill deer during season, but I can you know pick up the antlers during the late you know. It's just a participation award. I'll take them. <laughs> Me too. So, anyways, uh, that that you know that's the number one thing. I don't know what else. What other tips I would give you, dude? I mean, you you got to put in the time. You got to put in the miles, and you got to put in the time. Yeah, that's like everyone. Every shed hunter says like you want to food and bedding and trails in between. But like once you get to this point, that's just common knowledge. Your best days to walk are your like days when the sun is not out, when it's overcast, everything's dark, and it's not glaring. Like drizzling days. Yes, I was just about to say that because Clinton had brought that up to Wesley and I the one time he showed us a video on his YouTube channel Eminem Outdoors and. He showed us a video of when it was like drizzling or raining or whatever, and the antlers literally like look like they were glowing. They shine. You can look. You can th- look through a timber when it's drizzling out. You can look down a, a, a great big clean timber, okay, and you'll see your sticks. You'll see your branchlers. You'll see everything, and then all of a sudden there'll just be something that has a glisten to it, and bow, wow, you yeah. get on it. You you know you can see it. You might be on the other side of the ditch. You might be a hundred yards on another side of a ditch. It's drizzling out. You're gonna see a wet, shiny antler. They're, that's fantastic time to hunt. Yeah, that that antler he's talking about. That's actually you literally said that. I know exactly what antler. It's it's off a deer I call six. Or I actually have him mounted in my house. He got hit by a car the year after. So I have a set and him mounted. Uh, but yeah, that's I literally walked right over this hill, and that was the only antler I had. The one side I was in there looking for his other side, and uh, I pop over that hill and I saw it. And there was one point that I knew he had, 
And literally I said with the guy with me, I was like, I got it right here. And mm-hmm. it was still 40 some yards away yep. from me. You know. Yeah. Ugh. In March when it's cold and it's drizzly out, that is not the best time to be outside. But you know what? It's some of the best days. Shed on because you, you will see them. They, sunny days, tougher. A little bit tougher deal. Rain is the best. Get, get them wet. Yeah, with that sunny days thing, there was actually in the river bottom, so mature timber, so not a lot of undergrowth, and it was super sunny, so you know all the shadows it cast. Uh, a 69-inch shed that I was a foot and a half from before I found it because all those shadows were so tough. Yeah, yeah. or you walk by them. I think you can walk by them fairly easy too that way. So, And then actually, one thing we brought, I brought up to you today when I was talking about our game plan and how we were going to walk it, so we were walking into the sun right away. So I said, we'll walk the cedars into the sun because the sun won't come through. And then we'll have the sun at our backs coming out. Correct. Because that'll just show the shadows are so much different. And you can see so much better with the sun at your back. So. And if you get into an area where you've had some success and you find antlers, walk it. If you walked it east and west, walk it north and south. Walk it up and down instead of side to side. You'd be surprised how many times you can go back into the same timber and find another antler only reason i know that is because we've done it before we've done it so many times now where it's like ah we better walk that one more time i can't lie to you that combing method that we did today i mean personally that just felt really good you know go 10 feet turn go up the hill get to the top of the hill turn go 10 feet come down the hill like me personally i think that's probably how i'm gonna do it for just a little while just to see how much success I actually have, but it gives you different angles and, you know, take a step, look around, take a step, look around. That's how I was doing it earlier. I know you got quite a bit ahead of me actually, but you still found a shed, but I didn't, but like, that's what I was doing. I was taking a step, look around, take a step, look around. And I didn't really get very far, but every step that you take, you're getting a different perspective of everything right. that you're looking at. I'll always stop and always look behind you. I stop often. Look behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was when we were walking in on that field. That's the same thing I said to you. I was like, sometimes stop and turn around, have that sun at a different angle and stuff like that. Well, and I even do that just hunting on a regular basis. I'll walk, you know, 30 yards and I'll stop and I'll look back and I'll wait a little while and I'll continue on because I've had turkeys and whatever else I'm hunting walk out behind me. I, I found my biggest antler stopping, turning around, looking back from where I came. That's how I found my biggest antler. So you can walk by him. <laughs> Just like you were saying a minute ago, where like you've had, when you walk an area a different way, you can find more antlers. So the biggest one I found at 72 inch one, I said I was with my two buddies and it was sitting right there in the grass. The year before I found the match side to it because it was a year old sitting in the grass and it wasn't 30 yards away. Like we walked, we had to walk right past that one because we popped out of this creek and I saw the one in the cornfield. We went straight to it. Mm-hmm. And then this next year, I mean, it was just right in the grass next to the cornfield. So it's just like we, every single one of us missed that antler because we all, laser focused and didn't walk it a better way ran to the big one yeah yep it happens that big one was a 65 inch four side too i was pretty excited about that one and then his other side was a 72 inch six point side oh god i love it <laughs> that's a big deer yeah it's i brought it here when i did my first episode with you guys right you probably don't remember it but i do no i'm proud of you um and then one more thing so you were talking about that's how you wanted to shed hunt was kind of the way we did that so we combed it like that because that was a big bedding and some feeding right. area. But if you're just on transitional trails, kind of like when we were on the bottom side, we're just walking those trails and you don't really have to comb it because you can see where the deer are using with the yeah. snow. But so that's something when you're just on the trails, you can pretty much walk the trails and obviously look on the sides. But when you're through those bedding and feeding areas, definitely hit that a lot harder. And when you're, 
it's easy when you're up, when you're by yourself, well, you just kind of freestyle, you jump on a trail and you go, you find a bedding area. You might, you can hunt it however you want. You can hunt it in circles. You can grid search it. You can do whatever you want. Um, you start adding two, three, maybe four people. Now you're on a whole hillside. Maybe some of it's bedding or transitioning into feeding area or whatever. What you like to try and do is hold a straight line and look up and down. If, if you're the middle guy, you know, two guys on your right and a guy on your left and try and keep that line straight. That way you don't lose anybody. Nobody gets ahead of somebody, comes to a corner, cuts somebody off and finds their antler that's standing right in front of them. Happens. It happens. You wouldn't believe how often it happens. But, uh, and we, we joke and fight and cry about it, but it's all in good fun. So just, yeah, good ideas, all good ideas. And it's a lot of fun. I, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything else for us, Matt? No, I could talk all night, but yeah, that's all I got for right now. That's all my fresh stuff. This will actually be our longest podcast ever. Um, <laughs> our longest one before us, so I think, was an hour and 36, talking about moose shed hunting. That was just me, Ty, and You should Timmy. probably bring up a couple stories about that, though, a little bit. Of what, the moose? Yeah. That was an earlier episode. I mean, there's people that listen now that haven't heard that, that no. you going up to Vermont. Yeah, so we went up to Vermont this year. I'll just give it the short story. and uh, the, He didn't find a paddle. Okay, thanks for that. So that was the best part about it. You guys are friends, right? I, if I could say the F word again, I would. I think I used all of them up this episode, but fuck this guy. Uh, so, uh, so what it was is I found the guy online to go with, and uh, I paid for the Airbnb. I set everything up. I did all the dates. All they had to do was come. Internet boyfriend. You found an internet boyfriend. And he'll be here, actually... I might introduce him to you. you. Might like this guy. He uh, he's coming the last weekend of February. Shut on all my stuff here. Awesome. So we're we might be married. Is that really gonna be when I do that banquet? I told I told you just the other day, February twenty fourth. I'm gonna have a guest or three. Don't you remember that? I'm I'm gonna be on a shed hunting trip that weekend. You're not gonna believe this, but yeah, I'm gonna be gone that weekend. That's Dude, I, like I am not happy that I have that banquet going on at the exact same time. Is it just Saturday or is it all weekend? It's just Saturday. Okay. Well, we can record on. Saturday and Sunday and Friday. Okay. I have, I have Friday off, so. Okay. But yeah, so he's going to come down and shed hunt here, but whatever. We find, uh, went up there. Timmy found the first moose paddle. My buddy Ty found this sick nasty with two inside points on it. And uh, then our buddy up there, he matched up the other side. So everyone but me, you know, had to find an antler up there in Vermont. But So this year I'm going back with Vengeance. We're actually going to do some of Vermont and uh, Southern Maine. There right? you go. So hopefully we can find a couple more paddles. I just want one. I'm not. De- I'm not desperate. I got a good buddy in Rhode Island that we could go there. He lives like five minutes from the country. Is he said. He says moose? in. Huh? Is there a moose in Rhode Island? I believe so. I know there's whitetail, but I don't know. know. It'd be cool to do it. We could just go there. Mainly, I want to see my buddy. But just like your stupid turkeys in 49 states, I'd like to find a shed in every state. Well, let's go to Rhode Island. I get a hold of them. We can get there in a couple of years because I got too many trips going on in it this next two years i've only got actually this is fun so i was running my schedule by i have uh so this is my last free weekend i don't have a shed hunt planned so the next weekend i'll be in southern iowa weekend after that i got buddies from wisconsin coming down weekend after that i have buddies two buddies from western iowa another one the buddy from vermont coming down then i'm out in central iowa the weekend after and then western iowa the weekend after that so not to ruin the upcoming episode for this weekend, but why don't you come on for the safari and Canada hunt? Okay, Matt's can understand this during yeah, shed season. Yeah, but you you, you give up timeout, <laughs> listeners. He's gonna give up a whole hour just to be here 
and then he can go back out. It might be two hours, but hour to two hours that you could give up. Absolutely not. For the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm giving up my time on a Wednesday for the podcast. Why? What do you got going on on a Wednesday other than Brittany? I'm going to go home and take a nap pretty soon. No, that's just a called sleeping for the night because <laughs> it's like... It's 7-something. Yeah, it's 7.30 at night. Yeah, what... You're going to go home. It's a half-hour drive to McQuackada. Then <laughs> you're going to get there. Brittany's going to be there. And then you're going to go to sleep. Yeah, that exactly. That's, that's not a nap. I could have shed hunted longer today, actually. Yeah, we could have, but... You're going to leave some time somewhere in there. you got to come up and have a stomp with me sometime. Yeah, sleep, oh, yeah, in February. Now. You and I will figure it out for sure. I, I'll move things around. We'll, um, we'll work it out. Wow. If it, so I literally t- I don't know how you don't understand this. If there is daylight and it's during shed season, I'm going to be walking for antlers. Wow. I'm not 1030. That's right as you get and going in the morning for sheds. 930. That's even worse. That's breakfast time at grandma's. Okay. I yes. Can't, I can't say nothing <laughs> about grandma. Can't say nothing about grandma. Yeah, but like like you said, Matt, we're definitely gonna have to get a little shed hunt in. Hopefully, pick up one or twenty or something like that, and then do the filming at his place for the podcast. Yeah, that'll be when we got Wesley back on. When we stop recording on Wednesdays and start doing it on a week- weekend again. Yeah, when we all, yeah yeah we're trying to get ahead. We're trying to get way ahead on this. That's it okay. Not I understand. Working. It is not working very well. We used to only be a day ahead. Now we're at least like four. Yeah, yeah that's true. Four times better than we were really. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> All right. Well, this thing really fell off the uh, the wagon there. Thank you guys for having me again. I appreciate Matt, it. It was we, a lot of fun. I can talk about it all night, like I said. So I think you're going to end up famous on this podcast with us. Like. Famous. <laughs> yes. I might I might tell uh, Levi to leave next time, and we'll just talk about shed hunt. Every time I find a shed, we'll just re- come record another one and talk about the shed. <laughs> about it. He's going to have like 18 five-minute episodes that he's just going to clip together. Do you think I'm only going to find 18 antlers this year? Yeah. That is very rude. I'm a hater right now. I already have three. <laughs> I'll probably find like 18. That'd be awesome. It would be. I'm yeah. actually excited for tomorrow because, like I said, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go work out immediately. It's going to suck because it's going to be a hardcore leg day. And then I'm going to go walk the timber. Well, hopefully you have some luck. Video it. Take pictures. Yeah, I will. And uh, that's just the best of the best. Then we can put them up on the Facebook page. Photos there didn't happen. Okay. Deal. Yeah, yeah, we need to get on the content thing. I did send you a picture from this weekend. <laughs> you did, you did and I didn't it. post it yet. It's fine. It's no big deal. You're also on the Facebook page. I don't run. Like, I've had the YouTube since 2017. I've maybe posted one or two things on any of our socials. Matt's wife, Caitlin, she, bless her soul. She takes care of all that. Oh, and anybody that's actually listening up to this point, no which one. I hope you are, <laughs> right? We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. The we are on Amazon Music. We are on iHeartRadio. And then there's a couple others that have actually picked us up since we have been on. And I'm not really sure what they're called. Uh, my buddy Roach was telling me about it when I was down there in Florida. That he actually found us on the the one website that he listens. It was something podcast. I don't know what okay. it was. But either way, we're on all of those. So give us a listen. Uh, we would appreciate it if you gave us a review, a like, and a follow, and a share as well. We're getting desperate for the likes this time. It's no, it's not here. really the likes. It's just I want people to listen to us. I think, yeah. I think this is a funny podcast. I think it goes off the rails a lot, but 
what I'll, podcast doesn't. I think the best part is us talking shit to each other. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You constantly need a third person here, though, because someone's eventually going to have to separate you two. <laughs> so there's a reason we sit across from each other. Not a bad idea. It's, so we just have a little bit more separation. It's that half second of do I punch him or not, you know? I'd punch me. I'm an asshole. Yeah, I know. That's why we get along, because we both are. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you again. Thanks Great again having you on. having me. You're going to be back it. on again, I'm sure. I hope so. You guys need to come up to the shop, and we'll do what we talked about it. So maybe we'll see you again well, soon. I'm hoping that's our first filmed episode. I'm hoping we can start filming this. I really do. It's in the works. I'm, I still need to fix my camera, but we'll get it done. Shout out to Beaver Creek, Game Calls, and also Black Diver. Whatever them are. Yeah. They're my stuff. All right. Well, as we end the episode every time. Stay safe. Enjoy the hunt. And know the outdoors.